welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, tentatively titled Free Prize Inside, because at some point we are going to talk about cereal. Number uh, 11, blah. Blah. Hold <laughs> on well, a second, guys, I have to sneeze. <laughs> well, that's allergic to the quality of our, our podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, we're back after a one week hiatus because I had to go on siesta on a much needed break to Lake George, New York with me and the family. But before I get into that, I'd like to let you guys know that I have a horrible habit of flubbing names. So if you're ever listening to the show and I say David Keith instead of Keith David, uh, if I bungle somebody's name, if I crisscross things, I do it constantly, and uh, I'm not going to apologize it for apologize for it anymore. So if you have a problem with that, don't correct me; just deal with it. <laughs> Sexy um, baby Keith. That's right. That's one I always catch all the time. Or like DB Sweeney, I call him WD Sweeney. Or I just yeah, I, I mess mean, things up. To be fair, that's really easy to do. Look look at how often I screw up the names when reading cast members on Boogeyman's Closet. Yeah, but some people have been sending me messages like, did you know that it wasn't Punky Brewster that was in the refrigerator? It was her best friend. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you. I know. I messed up. God, wait, I hope that's actually a message show. you got. Uh, it may or may not have been one of our biggest fans. But uh, she keeps me on my toes. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> as promised, I went on vacation with the sole intention of, other than having a great time with my wife and daughter, finding a cool vacation toy. And uh, things were looking bleak at first in that the restaurant convenience store across from the parking lot from our hotel uh, was very weird. Like it used to be something cool. Then I think COVID happened and it got run down. Mm. So you could eat there. And then there was like a gift shop in the basement that smelled like something died in it. Like there was a dead squirrel or something somewhere. Oh, there was. That's pleasant. Um, And there were like just tchotchkes everywhere. I found a Muddy Mugs Palpatine randomly <laughs> opened, but like in the box again. So that was going to be my, like, well, if I found nothing else, I have Palpatine. I mean, to which the, the appropriate response is a simple, good, good. Let the vacation throw, <laughs> flow through you. <laughs> um, but thankfully, once we got into Lake George proper, there is a awesome New York kind of comic book. Not even, it's not a comic book store. It's a toy store chain called Heroes Hideout that uh we just got one in rochester and there's one in lake george and man they got a lot of good action figures uh half the store is all funko then there's stuff for like your daughter 
you know, there's like uh, plush and poppets and things like that. But then there's a pretty impressive, you know, selection of new action figures and everything is just a little bit more than retail, but not so much where you're not going to want to spend the money. So it's like a dollar more mm-hmm. of something you may not be able to find currently, like the new wave of Masters of the Universe would be instead of twelve ninety nine, it's thirteen ninety nine, or nine ninety nine, it's ten ninety nine. So you're like, okay, no problem, because if you just stop and think of the gas money you're going to waste looking for something, oh, it was totally yeah. worth it. So I found Absolutely. the black and white uh, neck of Frankenstein finally picked him up for a dollar more than what he is at uh, target and nice really good deal i didn't open him up because i didn't want to lose like the flowers or the chains um and i still haven't opened him up because when i came home i had a huge pile of gifts not gifts uh pre-orders from target and things like that showed up but other than that i went to the house of frankenstein wax museum which is like <laughs> a local staple if you go to lake george there used to be one in niagara falls i think it's closed but um it's awesome it's old and dusty and kitschy and i love stuff like that so it was cool to uh go other than that if you're gonna go to lake george i recommend you go at a cooler less rainier time of the year because all it did was rain while we were there and it was muggy as hell um you know once upon a time i did go to that niagara falls one it was cool. Um, it, it was just kitsch to the extreme in the best way. You know, if you want to see, like, the pit and the pendulum with mannequins, go to the house of Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, exactly. My only complaint is that they need to be updated a little bit. Like, they have a, a singular Freddy versus Jason thing where it's just the two animatronics you can buy at Spirit Halloween. Uh, with a little so, sign that says coming soon kind of yeah it, like they they could do better um but it's still cool like you're you go and you ha- you can't say no you've got to go in there just for the experience and also like to break up the monotony of all of the shops that are just like buy our arts and craft tchotchke you know so it's like it's a nice break in the middle of every store selling poppets or yeah. you know cute magnets and stuff for your wife and things that you're like, eh, what about me? What about the weirdo in this group? And that's like, <laughs> here's House of Frankenstein. <laughs> so it was pretty cool, but uh, it's been a little while, so I'm sure everybody's got a lot of show and tell. Uh, Mike, what'd you get? Oh boy, I, I, I got a lot. Um, we'll start off with the biggest thing. I finally got the arc. So the awesome. Transformers arc, that thing is amazing. Um, took me a minute to figure out, uh, like I had to get help from Josh cause I, there's two pieces that they don't say in the instructions where they connect. And I had transformed it back and forth twice. And I'm like, I, I still don't know where they go. <laughs> so they clip onto the side of his legs and I had no See, clue. I actually double checked the directions on that mm-hmm. and it does show where they go in the most ridiculously non-helpful way possible. Uh, I think it's the very first step. It's just they're highlighted while the rest of the bot is not. And it's not a distinctive enough highlight for it to be like, oh yeah, those are supposed to be a thing that are, you know, clipped on. So I had no clue. I I was looking so many times. And that's why you didn't notice it because it's absolutely not obvious. That's so ridiculous. 
but he is he is a really cool uh, Titan figure. I still think out of the three that I have, Omega Supreme is my favorite. Just wait um, till you get Scorponok. I actually got just got an update. He will be processing and shipping soon. So I'm going to get two Titans in like a couple weeks time from each other. (laughs) That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with it. I love the spaceship mode. Like I honestly expected I'd be more of a fan of the robot mode, which is sweet. But the ship mode just looks so darn cool. And then with the little tiny Dino Rider figures I got a couple weeks ago, like they're the perfect scale for a ship that size. So they just look really cool with it. Oh, that's awesome. I never thought of that. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're a lot of fun now but here's I, here's oh, just a fun fun side fact for you and the listeners uh how's your does the in spaceship mode does your center gray tabs a tab um section tab insecurely uh yes it, it took me a while to get it to, to tab insecurely but once i got them in they, they stayed pretty good uh see mine did not so it seems like the runs have an issue with just a slight amount of flashing being left over on the edge of that piece. Okay. Um, less than a minute with an exacto, and it locks in perfectly now. Oh, nice. So, if any any of our listeners happen to be getting the arc, and you have an issue with that centerpiece tabbing in in arc mode, uh, an exacto literally just along the edge, and it should lock in just fine. Very nice. Now this this has to be uh, one of my favorite Transformers purchases in a while. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun. My my only complaint is that, well okay I have I have two minor complaints. One I wish he came with more of the little mini Transformers other than Optimus because <laughs> you have like just Optimus on the bridge and all those empty seats. I'm like oh I wish I had more. Right. Um, you would you would think that they would use that opportunity to sculpt more and then include them in other stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know, it's cool, but it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like they kind of only went halfway with the extra. It's like, either include it or don't, but, you know, don't just give me one little mini Optimus and that's it. Um, But the other complaint I have is I wish his thumbs were articulated so he could make a proper fist. Because, like, his thumbs are kind of sticking out, and the rest of his fingers are all on, like, one pivot joint. So he can kind of close his hands, but it looks like kind of Fonzie style, like he's just going, hey! Yeah. So he, he's got those weird Toy Biz fists? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just wish I could make him make a fist. But otherwise, he's he's a really cool robot. I love the light piping. Really amazing. The other Transformers I got, I found uh, Trax, uh, the little Scorponok, the Kingdom Scorponok, and Rekgar from Studio Series 86. And um, man, that Rekgar is so darn cool. Like, that's that's a really great figure. Not that, that Scorponok or Trax are bad. Trax is probably my least favorite of the bunch, um, only because I found his transformation very annoying. Um, I, I know Josh could probably say more about that than I can, but because he's, he's definitely a, a, a much more uh, seasoned Transformers fan than I am. What was that background noise? Can you guys hold on one second? I have been visited by a kitty cat. <laughs> ah, that marinate may not be my daughter dressed in a cat outfit. See, Sweetheart? it just sounded like a very distinctive what? <laughs> Bye, Zoe. So, I don't know, and for some reason, I don't. I don't know if either of you have watched uh, the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. 
No, I have not. There's there is one absolutely dumb joke that I laugh at every time. There are a couple of them. It's a pretty damn hilarious series. But one is uh, it's like, did you hear that? Did you hear someone yelling white lady? It's like, no, but I do have a defective Teddy Ruxpin that does. And then later in the episode, like it does a slow pan to a Teddy Ruxpin. And suddenly you just hear white lady, white lady. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) And for, for a second, the way, the way it sounded, what I almost expected it to be a background of white lady. (laughs) No, uh, a little peek behind the curtain with fatherhood. My daughter has been pretending she's a cat for a few days now and she has a winter beanie she puts on and then she puts socks on her hands and walks around on all fours and lets you know her distaste in things by walking up to it and just angrily meowing and <laughs> she's upset that i'm on the podcast right now so she came in and went meow meow and oh man that's funny hey at least she's not pushing stuff off tables Oh, she has. <laughs> um, hilariously, you know, I see like, well, do you want to get a cat? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, I'm the only cat you need. So, <laughs> you know, kid brain. So awesome. we were talking about Transformers. Uh, yes, I was just saying uh, the the other three that I got were Rekgar, Scorponok and uh, Trax. And Rekgar is freaking amazing. Um, both modes are really cool, both robot and the motorcycle that he turns into. Uh, Trax is, in my opinion, kind of a pain in the butt to transform, um, but he's still a fun figure. And then Scorponok, uh, Josh nailed it when he said he's basically Danny DeVito in robot mode. And, uh, I mean, all I can hear is, I'm the trash man, like, every time yeah. <laughs> I, I pose him. <laughs> it's it's freaking cool. But, yeah, I, a good week for Transformers. So, if you have an Ollie's by your house, go check them out. Lots of good Transformers. I forgot to mention, yeah, I got that Megatron there, too, for super cheap. So, I went to my local Ollie's, and they didn't have the PulseCon, or not the PulseCon, the Hasbro Pulse Megatron. They had regular Siege Megatron and Snapdragon, plus a ton of the the tinier ones, like the two packs of the cars, um, among all kinds of other stuff. They had a lot of hero clicks for some reason at mine. Um, it's so weird. It really is. Ollie's is a weird place. <laughs> it's if you like trade paperbacks, it's amazing because they just randomly get giant shipments of old trade paperbacks and uh, action figures. Like you can't predict what's coming and when, but they get good stuff. So it's good going like every few weeks just to see what's new. Um, I probably I spend a few hundred bucks there every year. Just on like I don't need it, but it's cheap. Yep. Yeah. I remember Mike and I used to find some great Mega Construct deals there. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got all of the Game of Thrones. Not all of them, but a, a, a hefty amount. Not the bigger sets. But, you know, it, just for the minifigures alone, they're worth it, in my opinion. The skeletons are great. Oh, uh, yeah, they are. Josh, what'd you get? Uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit repetitive uh, because I also got Transformers. Uh, specifically <laughs> Rekgar. And let me let me tell you, there there are a couple of points I wanted to chime in, but I figured I'd wait since I'm talking about the same toys anyway. <laughs> there, there are a couple of things about this Rekgar. Um, 
I thought when I initially saw all the pictures of the Rekgar coming out that I could pass on him because I have the previous... God, I, I don't remember. I think it's the Reveal the Shield line that yeah. had Rekgar last. And that's that's a pretty fun toy. This Rekgar is perfect. Yeah, uh, he's He is engineered in a way where you can tell he's going to be used to do further junkie on retools mm-hmm. because the crotch of robot mode has a peg slot that perfectly accommodates the seat of bike mode. So you'll be able to literally have junkie ons riding Rekgar or vice versa. Junkie riding junkie ons. Which is just in itself amazing. Like the fact that they just threw that extra little thing in there to genuinely make me want a second version of the same mold is impressive. You know they're going to do it. It's Hasbro. They can't help themselves. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was done completely on purpose, too. Oh, absolutely. And and that Scorponok riding Rekgar just looks like a perfect, (laughs) like, little, little... (laughs) <laughs> fat biker figure and it's amazing uh, rum uh, but it, but it's also like it's to the credit of the figure I opened it and as I slid it out of the box my brain immediately went and started playing dare to be stupid <laughs> so all right Help me out with this. I know Rekgar was voiced by Weird Al in the Transformers animated series where he was the garbage truck. Did Which he voice, I think is just amazing. Did he voice the motorcycle in the uh, movie? In the movie, the song that introduced the Junkions on the planet Junk was okay. there to be stupid. Okay. And he was voiced by Eric Idle. Equally as great as Weird Al Yankovic. And because of the weird voice modulator, a lot of his lines are nearly impossible to understand. Well, I think it's amazing. I I do, too, because, like, he shows up and it's just this garbled version of, like, they check in, but they don't check out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, in Transformers Animated, he has the, the best line to ever be uttered by Rekgar, which is, I am Rekgar, I dare to be stupid. <laughs> uh, Weird Al is a national treasure. I don't uh, care what I, anybody says. And I also got tracks. Okay. And, you know, I feel like... and I can't really complain overall about Kingdom as a line. Kingdom has been a really solid line. It's been a great follow-up to Earthrise. But I feel like some of the engineering maybe was a little rushed and not put through the proper testing trials. Because I've noticed consistently on a few different figures that tabs aren't either aren't as secure as they should be. Because, and it's not that it's a loose tab, it's that the tab doesn't go out far enough to lock in properly. Mm-hmm. And there are certain other tabs that are so tiny and weak that a single transformation will snap them off, but they're also not entirely necessary. Um, so tracks, thankfully is guilty of the, the first 
and he has two sets of tabs that don't just they, they just don't lock in the way they should. Uh, one is the set of tabs to lock his legs together in robot mode. And the other is the set of tabs to lock the front end together in car mode. And while I fixed both of those in under 10 minutes, and I am infinitely more happy with him now, uh, now he's he's actually fun. The I don't understand what they were thinking with the engineering on the legs. Because... I own Masterpiece Tracks, and Masterpiece Tracks is one of the most panned Masterpiece figures, because he's just convoluted and over-engineered. And I feel like they streamlined every single aspect of Tracks, and then they were like, let's try and mirror the ridiculousness of the Masterpiece one with the legs for no reason whatsoever. See... (laughs) Why does tracks have to be so difficult? Well, the thing is, like, his upper half, the majority of the transformation is very, very simple. But then the legs, you have to fold two panels in such a specific way that if you don't, you can't transform the legs. Yeah, I mean, anytime there's a car transformer, the main goal should be just eliminate the kibble as much as possible. And, like, I appreciate that they wanted to put in the tracks jet mode, and they kind of have to if they're doing the robot mode properly and giving it the wings anyway. Mm. Right. Because otherwise people will complain. But I feel like it's it's just unnecessary. It's fun, but it's also like, uh, oh, okay, this doesn't make up for the fact that the legs are nonsense. Right. So while I do like him, I think he is easily the most flawed of this most recent wave of Kingdom. I think this also uh, proves a point that I've been making to myself when I have these discussions with myself. Uh, It's time for Transformers to kind of get away from the nostalgia and do some new stuff. Because they have just been relying a little too heavily on, let's just redesign this G1 character over and over and over again. Like... How many times can you have Hot Rod, Megatron as a tank, Optimus Prime as a truck? Like, they got to change it up a little bit to kind of freshen things up. And Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because the next... Uh, there have been a lot of leaks about upcoming Transformers lines. Yeah. And about half of them are leaks for this next movie, which... You know, I have a little bit of excitement for simply for the fact that they have Ron Perlman voicing Optimus Primal. Rise of the Beasts. That is cool. Like, like I'm sure it won't be good, but hey, Ron Perlman is Primal. Right. Uh, Josh, I hate to cut you off here real quick, but I I have to say, anytime I think of any of the Transformers movies, I immediately think of you doing your Peter Griffin review of the last night. Oh. (laughs) Oh, the last night. Oh, my God, that movie. That, I still I still have so many questions about that movie that are just... Uh, but it, it can all be summed up in the question of why. Yeah. Why, did, why did they do that movie? 
I mean, at least I, I don't remember what it was, but it, for as terrible as it was, the one with Kelsey Grammer was at least amusing because mm-hmm. it was basically Transformers, semicolon, Fraser hates robots. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't, he was just like some angry government agent that hated robots that was Fraser Crane. He was basically like, I'm going to reverse engineer these robots and take down all the Transformers. Niles, what are you doing? I am government man. Sent from the government. The government has sent me. And that was basically his role, except it was also, I am government man. I am here with my brother Niles, and we hate the Transformers. (laughs) Blah. Optimus Prime, go home. We don't need your help, except we really do, because we suck. Uh, I I stopped watching it part four like the first mark Wahlberg one and then i watched bumblebee and i thought that was okay i really enjoyed bumblebee and apparently rise of the beasts is a direct sequel to bumblebee somehow all right i'll watch it uh you know so you're seeing these leaks uh but the the next series is apparently called uh what is it uh transformers legacy oh that sounds like all new toys and it's actually it's going to pull from every era of Transformers. Okay, that's cool. So apparently every wave will cover every era. Uh, and while there are some figures that are being done that were done relatively recently, uh, there are also ones that I feel have room for improvement. So I can't really complain like one of the one of the big things is they're doing a new um menasaur combiner all right but apparently they're taking a lot of cues from the third parties so the core of the combiner motormaster is the commander class who will come with a lot of the combiner pieces that all you know transform and fit into his trailer i'll take it so you know that's pretty cool uh, and they've also, you know, been things like Dragon Megatron. Okay, I'm going to stop complaining. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know they've uh, recently leaked uh, that at least three upcoming figures are new versions of Transformers Prime characters. So I'm all on board oh, for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw, saw Bulkhead. Uh, Bulkhead. And a listener. Not- uh, knockout, and I believe I could be wrong, but I think RC maybe. Okay. There, there was a third one in there, but I don't remember who. See, now I've always wanted a bulkhead figure, so I will be all over that. I have animated bulkhead, and the guy whose head he can go go on his body. Oh yeah, and... the uh, the weird t- animated uh, version of the headmasters. Yeah. Um. Okay, toy. Those animated toys are very like touch and go with there the, are some uh, that were really awesome though they're awesome but like i legit broke two the best like 10 minutes of playing with them the best of uh pretty much the entire line was oil slick i didn't have oil slick um i was a big fan of lockdown yeah yeah it was really good Lockdown um, is hands down the best thing to come out of Transformers Animated. Yes. Um, all right, I'm going to keep the ball rolling here so we don't get too distracted with Simpsons. 
of all the stuff that I got, the big thing to talk about would be I got Clown and Violator, the new McFarlane Spawn figures. Uh, there's no like official title for the the line that he's making, but he's just making much better versions of his classic characters. And holy good. They are awesome, awesome toys worth every penny. Um, I'm going to, even though I know this doesn't adequately describe them, um, I'm going to call this line uh, Malibu Spawn now with new hats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, I, I'm a Spawn apologist, so I am so freaking excited for these. They, If you have the Kickstarter Spawn, you can have an idea of what you're getting with Clown. Like, the articulation makes no sense. It all works, but none of it's traditional. Yeah. So you'll be playing with it, and you're like, how does this move? Is this just a swivel joint? And then you realize it's a ball joint because they McFarlane still has a problem of they sculpt first, joint second. And it's a little odd. But it all works. Uh, Clown comes with the big shoulder guns. That he'll hold. He'll he'll get them on there and they'll stay in pitch position. They're like ratcheted um, and they're ball jointed. So like the ball joints pop apart very easily, but they don't break. You kind of have to fiddle with them to get them just right. But I have a feeling that most people they are going to put those guns on. It's fun for a few minutes, but they're not going to dis- display him with them. You're just going to have a regular standard clown figure. Um, and I also realized when I was holding it that they're probably going to re-release him again without the guns for less you know it's not going to be a 50 dollar toy it's going to be a 30 dollar toy because he doesn't have the giant heavy gun backpack and i'm guessing because it's mcfarlane there'll be a repaint or like the arm with the head on the wrist like the classic toy had some sort and of if they to it. if they do a cheaper version i'm all over it it's definitely yeah. worth it and violator is a perfect toy like, I don't know how else to describe it. Other than if he was bendy, I think that would be, like, the be-all, end-all. Because it's, like, a complete, you know, one-up from the original. But it's amazing. Um, he's got, you know, McFarlane jaw. He's all kinds of crazy details. It's not... I was afraid, sort of, that it might have been, like, black plastic painted gray. But he's just a big chunk of gray plastic. All kinds of crazy details. He's huge. He's like 10 inches. Um, heavy. That's He's what probably, she said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of veins. Real thick like a can of coffee. <laughs> um, great figure. Totally worth it. Uh, if you can find him. I just kind of had the foresight to go on Target.com one night and pre-ordered him. Um, I've seen shelf tags, but I have not seen any trace of the toys. So, um, I'm I guessing did see was... both Violator and Clown uh, near me, uh, not a couple of days ago, I think. And I almost picked up Violator, and then I was like, no, I can't spend another $50 right now. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. also very pricey. And, uh, you know, knowing McFarland, you can just paint him red and make him a Target exclusive, like the old red Violator Bendy, <laughs> like uh, that I have. So, um, pretty cool. I got other stuff that it's not really worth talking about compared to the Spawn stuff. So, um, I'll move on from that. Are you guys ready for a commercial? I looked and looked and looked, but because I was vacation, uh, I couldn't find anybody really good. So, 
I gave her friend Debbie a call and asked her if she would be willing. Um, she was. There's lots of caveats. So she's going to talk about dudes, if everybody's okay with that. And apparently she's got some sort of, like, book you can buy. I don't know what's going on. Uh, 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 personal service to teach you how to pick up men. I know this whips, this uh, podcast is kind of a sausage fest, but there's a few women that listen, and I thought they might, uh, you know, want to know her tips and tricks because she fights the men off. She's just got them all over the place. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the commercial, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. Debbie Downer here, and I'm here to talk to you about something very important to me today. That's right. It's boys. I'm here to talk to you about boys. And you know what's not a downer? Being able to pick up boys, boys that you like. So let me tell you a little bit about how to pick up boys, Debbie Downer style. And if you like it, you can check out my new book, How to Pick Up Boys by Debbie Downer. It's not a downer if you buy one, so you should do it. You buy it by the book. Okay, I'm going to give you step one. Step one, and it's going to be a four-part series, okay? You got to listen to all four parts to understand how to properly pick up a man, dip it down a style. Okay, step one, assess the man. Look at the man's up and down. Does he look like a good man so that you can pick up? Does it look like you just want to slather a little bit of mustard on him? Oh, yeah. If it does, then let me tell you. You walk right up to him, and you put your arms around him, and you give him a little lift. If you can pick him up physically, then you can pick him up with your sex. So that's step one. Physically pick up the man's if he looks like you want to slather him in mustard. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be mustard though. Mm-mm. It can be any any topping of you choosing. If you like mustard, it can be oh I don't know maraschino cherries. Uh, it can be syrup, any kind of syrup. It can be caro syrup, maple syrup, cherry flavored syrup, any kind of syrup. You can just drizzle it all over and lick it off. That's the latest step. We'll get to that later. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> that debbie she always delivers oh debbie Woo. lordy well, lordy <laughs> i need everybody 40 40 to sit down and buckle up because all three of us are about to rip mattel a new hole <laughs> are you guys ready oh. for the news yeah. So, oh, yeah. Breaking news today. Mattel Creations announced that they are relaunching Street Sharks. And they are launching with three brand new figures for you to buy. Ripster as a surfing football player. Carcass, the piranha head hands guy. And Clambo, the Rambo Clam. They will be available exclusively on Mattel Creations. I'm reading right now to see if it is some sort of Kickstarter. The story they're saying is that these are lost designs that didn't get made. And surprise, they're $75 each. 
if you scroll down to the end of their official page, it does show the artwork. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is... They're calling this line the heroes that could have been. I don't think... I could be wrong here. And I don't mean to, to, to jump right in and, and cut you off, but... I don't think anyone really, really cares about the early concept for Ripster or Dr. Paranoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're cool. They're not $75 cool by any means. Um, but the, the only one, the only one that people are really going to care about is Clambo because he wasn't an early concept. He was supposed to be a part of one of the later lines and got canceled. Yeah. And they don't even have his freaking name right. He was Clamando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are two strikes against that. And he doesn't even follow his original design scheme. No, if you go on the Mattel Creations website, there's everything you could want to see. And on top of that, Something that bothers me to no end. These don't even look like the original Street Sharks. Yep. These are just straight up crappy action figures. They don't have the soft rubber make their head move gimmick. Clambo kind of has the short squatty look about him, but like Ripster doesn't. And Carcass is just, they're just cheap action figures. See now, if these were let's say if these were 50 bucks because they are through Mattel creations with their specialty packaging and all of, all of the hubbub, these were 50 bucks. I'd be like, okay, they're a little pricey, but I understand that they're limited, whatever at 40 bucks. I'd be like, okay, I'm probably going to get clam clambo, but at 75, come on. This reeks of Mattel greed. They yeah. own the IP. I'm looking at them right now. Are you ready for the total count of articulation points on these figures to give you an idea how hard it might be to tool them? Ready uh, for is it? it three? Yeah. The shoulders and the waist. That's it. That's ridiculous. Oh, oh, but one of them comes with a football launcher. <laughs> if you're a huge Street Sharks fan which I've never met anybody that has, like, a massive Street Sarks collection. Good maybe, for you. Maybe if Vin any- Diesel. Yeah. If you're not, do not give Mattel your money. They need to learn that this is not acceptable. This is way yeah. too much money they're charging. These are, at best, in my opinion, $30 figures. These are $29.99, and even then, for hardcore collectors only. There's nothing See, about this that has any kind of, like, high quality. No. And the thing that baffles me is that <clears throat> these things each, each, are the price of Origins Castle Grayskull. Yeah, think mm-hmm. about that. The same company that is producing Origins Castle Grayskull for a retail price of seventy four ninety nine is now saying, hey, here are three unproduced street chart concepts, but 
they're the same price as a full playset. Yeah. So you can buy a Castle Grayskull or a shark with a football helmet. Take your pick. <laughs> Guys, now, how much how much Transformer can you get for seventy five dollars? Uh if you go if you go an extra five bucks up, it's the commander class. The commander class is uh eighty bucks. Okay, who could you get for eighty bucks? Eighty bucks would currently be the offerings would be Jetfire, Skylinks, and Commander Class Rodimus Prime. You can get Skylinks for the cost of a piranha in a jumpsuit. <laughs> and let me tell you, I I was on the fence about Skylinks, but he oh he's he awesome. is a he is a weird toy and totally worth it. He it's a space brontosaurus. <laughs> You know, like, uh, don't do it. Don't give Mattel your money. Just take that money, buy something else. Because give this them that money them for, for Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Yes. You for eighty dollars, you can get like four Battle Cats. <laughs> it's don't do it. Speak, speaking of Masters of the Universe, I don't know if you guys have seen the, some of the. Uh, Package art has been shown for the upcoming wave. Okay. Uh, the wave of Stinkor and Webstore and Lords of Power Beastman, Mosquitoor. Um, Any, anything noteworthy? There are a couple pretty noteworthy things on the back of the packaging. Uh, like what? Now, we already kind of knew Buzzoff was coming because he's been in a whole bunch of the leaked upcoming figure lists. Yep, right. But he is prominently featured fighting Webstore on the back of the Webster packaging. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we can pretty much take that as confirmation. Uh, Mossman is heavily featured on the back of Stinkor's packaging. Excellent. And Battle Bones is on Mosquito's packaging. Ooh. Me oh. likey. I mean, that and the Roton would make a lot of sense for upcoming vehicle releases. They, I'm I'm excited to see what PowerCon has to offer. And all of the uh, toy-related panels for PowerCon are going to be free online streaming. So, nice. because we're talking about it, images have been released of the new Masters Universe figures for the animated line. For the second cartoon that's geared towards kids, it's coming out on uh, in September on Netflix. What are your guys' opinions of it? They showed Skeletor, Trapjaw, He-Man, Man-at-Arms, and Tila. They are all drastic departures from what we know and love about these characters. I, I don't them. hate it. I don't love it. I'm interested. The cartoon, oh. the trailer looks cool. I, I think it looks really fun. I love it. I love the designs. Like I'm all about give me give me characters I know and love in a completely new way. Like I, again, I've said on my um on the Boogeyman's Closet, I'm a remake apologist. I love remakes. So if you can give me stuff that I already love but completely reimagined, I'm all about it cuz I already have the other stuff. Like I already have Skeletor, He-Man, you know, Tila, Man-at-Arms. I already got them. Give me weird cyborg robot looking Skeletor. Give me, yeah. you know, man at arms in a freaking space battle armor suit. Like that looks amazing to me. I th- I think they look great. Um, they the articulation that's on them. I mean, it seems perfect for kids. 
you know it, it seems like, like the eight inch ones are a bit more articulated yeah and well that's yeah, so like if you're you looking know, at pictures make sure you're looking you've got the scales right so if you have elbows you're looking at the eight inch scale yeah uh, but it, everything else is, you know, smaller and a little dumbed down, but it looks like they're going to take a beating. I mean, look at the 2000X figures. I mean, they were barely artic- barely yeah. articulated, you know, and it so was a the lot classic of toys. So you really can't complain. Right. But it's like with the, the 2000X, like the sculpting was amazing and they were all drastic departures from what we know and love. Like clearly they were still those characters, but they were way updated and different looking. Um, so I think this is just like the next evolution and it's, it's more of an animated quality, which I tend to love more animated sculpts. So I'm all about it. Like I'm, I'm definitely getting at least He-Man and Skeletor, uh, probably Man-at-Arms, Trapjaw and a few others. Oh man, I Uh, love that Trapjaw design. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm going to get the ones that I always get when He-Man launches a new line, He-Man, Skeletor, Trapjaw. Um, cause I got to know. The only thing that's going to stop me is either going to be a high retail price. Like, if these are $20, no, I'm not going to be getting them. Yeah. Or if they break really easily. Both of which uh, can happen, but I kind of doubt it. They are apparently, uh, the price points, I think, are $9.99 and uh, $13.99. Perfect. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, that's that's my limit. Um, and I think I, I could be mistaken, but I think the uh, the big snake playset was uh, twenty nine ninety nine. I'm not sure about the snake playset. I like the way it looks, but I don't know if I'd have anywhere for it. Yeah. Um. It kind of reminded me of the 2000X slime pit, which is a massive disappointment. Oh, see, uh, I love that toy. It. Uh, I don't have the time. I. Lo- <laughs> I I love the pack-in figure. I love the way that it um, it has the double trap door on it, so you can like raise figures out of it or drop them into it. I liked the fa- the pack-in figure. I liked where they were going with the design, but it's it needed a lot of work in my opinion, and I didn't like the slime. Uh, the well, slime was like I was like, come on, why can't we have the old He-Man slime? Um, and that never happened. Having said that, that 2000X Bone Warrior needs some attention from Mattel ASAP. Yeah, it does. And my all-time favorite Masters Universe character of all time is 2000X Trapjaw, which it's to this really day I'm still cool mad figure. that Ultimates never got to him um, because he's amazing. I mean, the 2000X toy doesn't need any work. He's perfect. But I'll buy anything else that comes out that even remotely looks like him but um that's neither here nor there okay the news outside of mattel although i'm gonna be coming back to him a few times super seven uh even though news leaked early they officially announced that they have the simpsons and they are making ultimates figures the first wave includes robot itchy and scratchy homer in a spacesuit mo and poochie um I think these are perfect looking toys considering that the bar has never been too high for Simpsons and articulation. Uh, right. So they're pretty cool. And they made Poochie. Like you can't, <laughs> you want to deep dive into like Simpsons characters, Poochie. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, they're coming right out of the gate with not just itchy and scratchy, but 
robot itchy and scratchy and poochy. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can kind of already guess what they're going to do in every wave. I'm guessing there's going to be a Bart or a Homer. You're going to get a classic straight up, you know, Ned, Mo, comic book guy, whatever. And then you're going to get deep cuts. And it's going to be pretty cool, in, uh, in my opinion. So I got a feeling it's going to do very well for Super 7, but they never release their numbers or anything. Um, but I'm guessing this is going to do much better than like Silverhawks. Um, and I don't know what their Disney Ultimates, how successful those are, but I'm just going to venture guess that the Simpsons will be more popular than the Disney stuff. Um, NECA has showed off more of the Ultimate Brain figure and the Demolition Gremlins 2-pack. The Demolition Gremlins 2-pack is just two straight-up repainted Gremlins with some new accessories. And the Brain, if you're a Gremlins collector, is pretty hard to find because he's one of the first ones that ever came out. This one has the new quotations ultimate articulation. So he's just the basic gremlin body with the new head. And he comes with glasses, a coat, and his bottle of brain juice. Um, I'm going to be passing brain around. Brain juice. I know. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I'm passing on these because I have the old brain. And he still definitely stand better than the new one. So I'm just going to not bother with it. Um, going back to I the have cell, an old brain, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Mattel Creations uh, classic wrestling ring with entrance stage. To get people to entice them to buy, they had an early bird special where you had a certain small window to jump in and you got a special Randy Savage figure. Uh, it looked like it wasn't going to hit any of its goals. And then in like the last five or six hours, there was a giant surge of people like last minute jumping in fear of missing out and they blew past all of their goals. So the ring is completely funded uh, and it'll come with three figures. You'll get diesel doink and macho man, Randy Savage in his commentating gear. Good. Which I appreciate, but they missed the, uh, you know, they missed the opportunity to do 3d figures. Who's 3d. No, no, no. I just mean like three, three D named figures, because they have Diesel, they have Doink. If oh, I, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for alliteration. They should have done another D. Who would be another D from the early '90s? Uh, I mean, they could have done Dude Love. They've already met. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Or actually, Dink, Doink's evil diminutive yeah. sidekick. Oh yeah. Which that, people have been wanting forever. Um, I was trying to think of Glenn Jacobs, evil dentist, um, Dr. Isaac Yankum. There we go. Um, so this is good news for Mattel. If they want to keep crowdfunding things, they have a, a platform to work from. But now they've leaned right into Street Sharks being $75. So they've got a lot of learning for pricing and things like that. People broke down the cost of like, you're spending this much on the ring and that breaks down to it's this much for the ring and this much for the figures. And it's a value. But uh, not Street Sharks. Don't don't give them your money for Street Sharks. We talked about the new kid-friendly Masters of the Universe stuff. NECA showed off complete pictures of the mummy figure that's coming out. Don't be confused. It does not come with the sarcophagus. Uh, At (sighs) first, I know. At first, I thought this was a sarcophagus that came with the Diamond Select Mummy, and they reused it for pictures. But it's not. It's something entirely different. Um, 
So I don't know if it's coming out at a later point in some sort of deluxe set, which I wouldn't throw past NECA. Um, but this one comes with a, a scroll to control the mummy and a tiny like treasure box to put all this stuff in. Uh, it looks great. And it's the color version, but there's really no difference between the color mummy and the black and white mummy. So if that's something you're hung up on, you can get this one and have it fit in the display fine if you have all black and white or all color. Um, and there's something going on with that sarcophagus. I would not be surprised if it's an exclusive or there's an accessory set, something. But yeah. it'll come out because the way they show it in pictures, there's like notches in the sarcophagus to kind of yep. snap it shut. So it's not like a quick accessory they sculpted. Like it's got some engineering to it. Um, and they've said they said as of right now there are no release plans. Right. Because NECA would never lie to us. <laughs> not at all. No. NECA has also absorbed, bought. They're working with something. They have Ruby's costumes under their banner uh, to the larger company that owns NECA. And they formed a company called Deno, D-E-N-O-U, Novo. I don't know what that means. But they're making high-end Star Wars replicas. So picture the Royal Guard helmet, a Stormtrooper helmet, the Mandalorian helmet. Um, Pretty cool if that's what you're into. Not for me. I'm not a big Star Wars cosplayer. And... um, even though the 501st people, like the Big Legion of Stormtrooper guys, they do a lot of good look, good work for kids in hospitals and fundraising. Uh, the ones I've met, I have found to be complete jerk-offs. So um, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I've never had good run-ins with them. Uh, McFarlane is making a Lobo figure. They've shown a bunch of stuff, but it's a lot of like Batman variants and things like that. But the one to note is Lobo, and he's very mcfarlane Big muscles, giant hook. I don't know if it's based on artwork or something. It looks cool. If you don't have the Mattel Lobo or a DC Direct Lobo, now would be the time to get it. He does not come with dog, does not come with his motorcycle. And he does oh, not have a cigar. And it's McFarlane. Buy two. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing McFarlane, there'll be exclusives everywhere with different versions. You know, it'll be weird. Uh, Kane. From oh, Robocop hey, look 2. at this one. It comes with his bike. You gotta get the one with the bike. But then, if you got the if you got the normal one, you can uh, you can take him down from your display and you can put him on a bike, or or you could buy two of the normal one and put the uh, the one of the two normal ones on the bike, and it's like you got two different figures. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I bought the Batman Beyond, and I realized that there are exclusive versions with. Like, you want one version that comes with the Build-A-Figure. It doesn't come with the regular Batman Beyond head. You've got to buy a separate version to get the regular ba- Batman Beyond head. And it's like, why didn't they all come with this to begin with? McFarlane, that's why. Um, so as I was saying, Kane from RoboCop 2 from Haya Toys. These are the uh, three and three-quarter scale RoboCop stuff. But it's Kane. I, I want that figure so bad, but I don't know if I $50 want that figure. Yeah, and Hyatt toys are notorious for breaking because I, their joints are very tiny. Yeah, I got one of the aliens, and I mean it's it's held up, and, but he definitely feels very fragile. Um, 
So I haven't pulled the trigger on any of the RoboCop stuff that I wanted from them. I wanted to get RoboCop Ed 209, and Kane is a figure I've been wanting since I was a kid. So it's, like, really hard for me not to pull the trigger on that, because that's, like... They have apparently improved over the years, so... I'm I'm interested to see reviews for the cane. If they're good, I might pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard for me not to not to jump on it right now because, man, as a kid playing with the old Kenner RoboCop line, I wanted a cane figure so bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> I kind of would prefer a bigger one with access to like the brain inside yes. of it or like the TV screen that will come out. But again, I don't see anybody making that affordable. I don't see NECA jumping on that anytime soon. No. Um, Hasbro is making an Aliens Pulse Nerf Rifle for the 30th anniversary, 35th anniversary of the movie. Um, it looks awesome, but it's not the movie accurate colors. It's yellow and black and white. Uh, but it's got the counter on it. It's pretty cool for 100 bucks. If you could paint something like that, it's totally worth it. Uh, Super 7 has shown off Ultimate worst figures of Batula and Dead Star, along with two new additions to the uh, reaction line. There is the Samurai Bat. It's a baseball player. And there's like a spiderweb guy. I forgot to write down their names. Um, and in conjunction with that, glow and dark versions of some of their more popular worst series two characters. I just got Commander Cortex in the mail. He's awesome. McFarlane. I'm, I'm consulting the webs. Thank you, Josh. For the names. Chime in in a second here. Uh, McFarlane is making Joker and Kotal Khan from Mortal Kombat. And that's a pretty sweet Joker. If you want a Joker, he comes with a crowbar. I've been hearing rumors that uh, DC doesn't allow their toys to come with guns anymore. I haven't got any kind of confirmation on it other than mcfarlane including swords and axes and stuff instead of guns mm-hmm. but there's also like regular dc release stuff batman that comes with machine guns and stuff so i don't know what's going on it's a sweet looking joker though okay i've got him uh, i got so there there is king hell the demon arachnid emperor who is a uh, sort of like a skull bone theme he almost has skeletorish armor uh, with a spiderish helmet, but a skull face. Uh, and he looks pretty damn cool. And the killer bat, the baseball showgun of death. Yes. With a samurai baseball warrior. <laughs> Both very cool. If you like the worst, highly recommend them. Um, Although I will say the way they teased um, the upcoming figures looks like there are four more new characters they haven't shown. Yeah, he, um, God, who runs Super 7? Jesus Christ. Uh, Brian Flynn. Brian Flynn teased that his daughter made a female character a while ago. And uh, I can't remember. He, like, dropped hints about the name. It's a play on words, and his daughter designed it. And it's not Shidusa, it's another character. So that's coming. That's one of the four that they haven't shown yet. But the rest, take your pick. Um, Diamond has shown off Series 10 of their Nightmare Before Christmas guys, and they're getting really deep into the cast of characters. I don't know any of them. I recognize their looks, but they're not making Jack Skellington anymore. I think the only one that I could name off the top of my head was Mrs. Claus. 
but those are coming out if you're a big Nightmare Before Christmas collector or you've got like a goth girlfriend, go for it. Um, <laughs> McFarland has shown off Blight from their Batman Beyond figures along with Batgirl Beyond, which I'm pretty sure is a completely new creation from McFarland. But Blight has a redesign. I don't know what it's based on. It's not a comic uh, accurate, or not comic accurate, cartoon yeah. accurate Blight. It's based on the comic. Okay, so it's comic book blight. He's still a glowing skeleton, but he's got a Brainiac kind of suit on. Looks pretty cool. Another figure that they leaked is Swamp Thing. And he's a deluxe, larger size figure that's coming out. Hopefully he looks pretty cool. Uh, If he's anything like Violator, I will be picking him up. Uh, Let me see here. Hasbro has shown off... On retro cardbacks, the Fantastic Four, based on their Toy Biz cardbacks from way, way back when. New characters in that set, though, include Psycho Man and High Evolutionary. So if you're a fan of Kirby characters, those will be coming out along with a very classic-looking Invisible Woman, another clear plastic Human Torch, another thing with a new head, and a Reed Richards with a lab coat. Uh, and when I wrote these notes, he was the only one that had sold out. Sold out. So people really like Reed Richards in a lab coat for some reason. Uh, there's also going to be a Disney Store exclusive X Force three pack with first appearance Cannibal and Domino when they appeared in X Force, and a new Richter figure. So if you really like X Force, you really like Richter, you got to go to Disney Store to get the uh, exclusive three pack. Their next army builder figure is going to be the Black Ninja, which is a repaint of the Red Ninja that was in the Spider-Man wave that had Stiltman as a builder figure. Pretty cool if you like ninjas. But Hasbro is also putting out for the Power Ranger figures, the Ninja Power Rangers that appeared briefly. They were in the movie, and they're in a few episodes of the TV show where they all dressed up as ninjas. So they have the Black Ranger and the Blue Ranger that... Future imagination, they're just straight up ninjas. So mm. those are pretty cool looking if you like them. NECA showed off final packaging for the Kessler Wolf, and it's basically a gigantic box, like a window box that opens up. Looks really awesome. Uh, Space Jam 2 still sucks. Space Jam 2 <laughs> is still a thorn in Josh's side. Uh, let me see here. Marvel showed off the Hasbro showed off the Eternals figures. The new trailer made it look a little better, but they're just actors in funny suits. Mm-hmm. And the big monster is called Crow. And he's just like some weird tentacle dog creature thing. It looks sort of cool. Um, and the Build-A-Figure is just another Eternals character. So it really doesn't give me any incentive to get into the wave. And I have a feeling that the whole kit and caboodle is going to get clearanced immediately. Like... Um, Shang-Chi. Oh my God. Yeah, Shang-Chi and Black Widow did. So take that for what it's worth. And I am going to close things out with Mego, which had a gigantic announcement of a bunch of properties that they are doing. And today they shed some light on their deal with Tops. So their deal with Tops is Tops is going to be Tops.com, an exclusive retailer for them with exclusive figures. And they showed off their first exclusive, and it's spock from wrath of khan mm-hmm. so let me khan! give you guys well they actually took the time and sculpted a new hand for him so he's doing like the spock hand oh. um i would have made him like radiation burn spock 
like where he's all melty at the yeah. end there, but yeah. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Some See, of the figures that are coming out. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Josh. See, now, if they really wanted to do this exclusive right, they would do radiation burn Spock and have him packaged with his hand pressed up against the front of the blister. Yes. <laughs> yes, they would. For the for the needs of the many out, or outweigh the needs of the few. Well, yes. now, to be fair, we've already discussed, you can make your own radiation burn figure. You just need a lighter. Yes. <laughs> or a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready for the long list of... I'm just going to stick to the horror stuff here. Black and, white creature, black and white creature from the Black Lagoon. The Mole People. The Invisible Man. The Nun. 2017 Pennywise. Tiffany from Bride of Chucky, which, if it's anything like the other Chucky, is going to look hilarious. Bride of Chucky, Chucky. Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. They already have uh, the Hunchback from that line, and it's actually one of the better ones. Van Helsing with the two candlesticks that make a cross. Revenge of Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. These are the two that, like, caught my attention. Jumbo and Slim. Jumbo and Slim are the two killer clowns that have not had figures yet. So... The other two got one lump, one from Soda and one from a Muck Time Toys. So if you want a complete lineup of killer clowns, there you go. All that would be left would be the repaints of the clowns in different outfits and Clownzilla. The Toxic Avenger, uh, another Jeepers Creepers, more Ultraman, more Planet of the Apes, more Star Trek, more Rocky, more DC stuff. 14-inch Frankenstein, 14-inch Dracula, 14-inch Creature from the Black Lagoon. Tons of 14-inch figures of all the classics that you've bought before. Uh, let's see here. More Planet of the Apes. Gene Wilder, Dr. Frankenstein from Young Frankenstein. The Reptile People from Hammer Horror. Van Helsing, another Van Helsing with his awesome fur coat and a stake. The Mummy. We've got Dr. Zaius, Son of Frankenstein. I never knew that this is out, but there's a fly from Migo. Uh, Teen Wolf. You've got Mask of the Red Death, Phantom of the Opera, which is out already. And I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So I don't know which one of these, if they're going to be exclusive to Tops. Uh, there's a Michael Myers. There's a 14. There's, geez. Oh my, yeah, there's a lot. So... Brace yourself. I think they're going to be making stuff that you can't say no to in the future because you're like, oh, my God, they have this. It's like a Funko kind of thing where they're making properties that you never thought anybody would make, um, at least in the realm of. Well, geez, Funko beat them to the punch for Killer Clowns, but uh, Hammer Horror at the very least. See, for me, I've never been a big uh, Mego collector. The only ones that I have are ones I've received as gifts from the the ones that like the NECA ones that they were doing. Um, like I have Candyman and one of the uh, Freddy Kruegers and they're, they're cool. I like them, but it's just never been something that's caught my attention enough to like want to go out and buy. Yeah. Um, but a few of those do sound like things I would be interested at least to see in person and possibly pull the trigger on like the killer clowns. That's 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 a maybe. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Like every time, like I saw the the ones that they have out now, like the uh, <clears throat> Reagan from The Exorcist, and um, was it the uh, Christopher Lee Dracula, and uh, the Mask of the Red Death. Like they look nice. There's nothing that I dislike, but also nothing that I like enough to buy. Yeah, 
I pre-ordered the two I'm, clowns and Toxic Avenger because I was like, even if this looks dumb, I want this Toxic Avenger. Understandable. But I'm with you. Yeah, I I can't say anything different than any of that. <laughs> Real quick, uh, when we were covering the news, uh, that, that Joker figure from McFarlane, my one big beef, I was going to say, is his accessories look huge. Like, they yeah. don't look like they're going to fit right in his hands. His crowbar looks like it belongs to a 12-inch toy or something. Yeah, like, it's I feel massive. like... I feel like his hands are going to, like, stretch out to be holding those. And eventually Wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a cane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, to it's be huge. fair, uh, McFarland does have a history of giving his figures huge accessories. So, Oh, true. Yeah. But they could, they could always fit in their hands, though. <laughs> this is the thing. The handles look too big for, for his hands. Um, the Batgirl that you mentioned, the... Uh, um, is that a comic on? book thing? That's also from comic book because because like the blight started off like he did in the in the cartoon, but then he got that containment suit that he has in the toy, and then uh, the Batgirl is also from the comic. And uh, last but not least, Josh, I meant to mention earlier, I believe you got another toy in the mail that we never talked about. <laughs> oh yeah, did you? <laughs> Anybody yes, did you get like a yes. secret Santa? Kind yes, of thing? I sure did. I sure did. It was. Uh... Get get the get the editing tools ready because it was uh, LeBron James from Space Jam Two. And you know what? You know what? Let me let me give you another point of point of anger I have about Space Jam Two. Okay, because it's not enough. It's not enough that the movie is just a steaming pile of horse. <laughs> and even even that is is saying too much good about it because <laughs> at least has use. And this movie does not. But um, uh, another thing that makes me angry about it is, you know what? It's a decent freaking toy. (laughs) Like it's it's a well-made action figure because it's it's from Moose Toys. Um, And I I have a few. Also, I know Mike does, too. I have a few of their grocery gang uh, action figures. And the the action figures that they produce are very well-made, good-feeling, toyetic toys. And I can't say anything bad about the Space Jam 2 toys, uh, which makes me even angrier that the movie is a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> uh, because, really, like, it, at least, come on, like, why? Why? Why does such a terrible movie have decent toys? Why? Now, I have to ask, how is the weird rocket backpack? Uh, it, it's fun. I I can't, again, like, I, it, I cannot say anything bad about... I can't say anything bad about it. Because like, it's a, it, when I was looking at him, that was the, that was the thing that I was like, okay... At least he's got a cool accessory. <laughs> but yet just just in general, like the build quality is so solid that it's also like oh, I wanna hate this, but I can't because it's a decent toy. But face jam. Now could you like pop his head off and put Oh, I'm gonna a Michael Myers mask on there or something? I probably, I mean, yeah, the, it is on a ball joint. 
I would do that. I mean, also, you do have a microwave. You could make microwaved LeBron. You could do that, too. You know, I'm not I'm not sure he would melt. I would probably want to take a heat gun to him outside. <laughs> make zombie LeBron. Zombron. How, how mad Zombron. would you be, Josh, if, like, during Space Jam 2, they had, like, a thing reference? <laughs> like the spider head was in the crowd or like rj mccready was there cheering on the tunes the goon squad the just squad. just the thought of it just the thought of it makes me angry if like michael myers was there cheering with pennywise would you would you just like that's it i'm done isn't the pennywise cave. there though yeah pennywise is there that's there is some crazy stuff like they have the droogs from a clockwork orange <laughs> like i like i'm sorry i i got a rant about this i have not seen the movie but like okay they they took out peppy Le Pew because of you know reasons of him being a little uh too forward let's just say but, but then they put they, the droogs in but they put the friggin droogs in. i'm like did was this a joke like did they go okay, well, no one uh, making the movie is going to pick up on the fact that we stuck this in? Or were they just that dumb? You know? I think they're that dumb. They're that tone deaf. <laughs> oh, that made me so angry when I saw that. Uh, whatever. I'm still not going to watch it. No, same. Okay, guys. Well, Secret Santas aside, we've got another special message from everybody's favorite lover, Debbie. Get your mustard ready. Open your ears up because she's about to learn you something real good. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's Debbie Downer here. I'm here to talk about another section of my how to pick up a man's. So, we already talked about step one. How you got to try and physically pick up your man's before you see if you can pick him up. You know, mentally and sexually. So step two is you gotta see how the man reacts when you put on a cowboy hat. This two size is too small. Now, let me tell you, it's gonna be a downer if that cowboy hat fits right. You don't wanna be a downer because I'm a downer. I'm the only downer here. And I do it in a sexy way. You can't do it in a sexy way because you're not Debbie Downer. Anyway, you take the hat and you put it on, but you have to make sure it's at least two sizes small. And then after you've picked up your man, you look him right in the eye and you say, Hey, cowboy, you want to go for a ride? And if they go out front to the little corner machine that you can ride in front of the supermarket, then you know this is a capable man and you're going to want to get a whole bunch of other toppings ready for him. Other than, the, other than you must because that's where you know that this man can ride. And I don't mean in a sexual way. I mean in a way that, that means he can get inside a go-kart and he can ride your ass around. Now, what that means, I don't exactly know, but you can find a more detailed description in my book. 
Because that's going to tell you exactly how to pick up a man's with go-kart, too. And to pick up a man's with go-kart, it's an entirely separate chapter. You got to attach a forklift to the go-kart, and you got to attach a winch to the go-kart, and then you got to get that in front of the man, and you got to get it on him without, like, stabbing it through him, because then you're not going to have a man's pick up, because he's just going to be dead. Anyway, I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but when Debbie fumbles her words, uh, good God, that was funny, where she was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so we're back, and we have been promising for a while that Mike is going to share some hilarious retail stories of <laughs> horrible things that happened to him at Media Play. So, Mike, do you have some choice hits? Oh, boy. Um, well, I feel like I could do an entire series of what we referred to as the Media Play Freaks. We had a uh, we actually had a bingo card in each one of the kiosks in each of the departments. And we had specific regulars listed on that bingo card. Oh, God, and, you know who I'm hoping for? No, <laughs> oh, there's a few. And we would mark off whatever we were working and saw one of these regulars. Um, now there, there is one, I'm assuming Josh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you thinking coffee guy? No, no. Okay. Well, which one, which one were you thinking of? Oh, a certain, certain man that wears a fanny pack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fanny pack Frank. Yep. (laughs) Oh, well, we'll save him for another one, but oh oh my God. Okay. So there was this one, we called her the... The popcorn girl and her bicycle boyfriend. Now, because the reason we called her this, she was a very large woman. She was like maybe six foot, six foot two. Like she was towering and very pear shaped. But she, as soon as she walked in the door, she would make a beeline for our little popcorn cart. And she would get herself a bag of popcorn. Like immediately. That was the first thing she did when she walked in the store. Oh, God, I've seen this woman. I remember this. She, her bicycle boyfriend he was this scrawny little dude that do you remember what Matt Stone looked like in the early 90s where he had <laughs> a giant shock of hair and the big glasses? Yeah. This guy looked like him, only that hair was red and he had a big red mustache. No beard, but a big red mustache. Um, Real scrawny, skinny little dude, way shorter than her, and he would ride her to media play on his bicycle. So we'd see him coming through the parking lot and everyone was like, oh, God, here they come. Um, But she would make the beeline for the for the popcorn cart. Now, at the time I was working in music. And the two of them came up to the desk and she's sitting there shoving popcorn in her mouth and drinking out of a sippy cup that she brought from home, Um, which just really skeeved me out for some reason. And they were asking me, I can't even remember what they were asking me for now, but some bands, and I'm looking them up in the computer. And my friend Colleen, who has been on the Boogeyman's Closet a few times, she was actually processing an order of used CDs where we used to buy them back. So she was in the desk as well. And I'm looking stuff up, and she's going on and on, the the popcorn girl, going on and on about what different bands she wants me to look up. And then out of nowhere, her boyfriend just is like deadpan, looking right at me, went, I got lit on fire once. (laughs) (laughs) i just stopped like i didn't know what to do and colleen turned pointed at him and went 
<laughs> and starts laughing. And I just froze. <laughs> and tried to continue on. Like, uh, okay, so what was that last artist you wanted? <laughs> I just kept looking. I will never forget the way he looked at me and said, almost like it was a cry for help. Like, please, she's burning me. But yeah, so that was uh, <laughs> one of the many, many media play freaks. Um, I have some more horrific stories from when I was doing maintenance work there and I had to clean the bathrooms. Um, oh. I don't know if I want to save those for a different episode, but uh, yeah, there, there's there's some horrible stories. Let's, let's just put it this way. There was one incident where, because we, we did not have hazmat suits, because why would you have a hazmat suit in a media play? But there was a Polaroid of me in a homemade hazmat suit out of garbage bags getting ready to go into the men's room to clean it. Because there was feces everywhere. I wish I could say I haven't had to deal with that at a movie theater, but I have. Yeah, me too. I, I literally had to mop it off the ceiling. And yep. the ass that did this decided to also smear it all over the door. So once you were trapped inside this hellscape, you couldn't get back out without touching his It was he mad about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think my theory is that he went to the old country buffet across the street came to our store and just <laughs> literally exploded. See, I, my, mine was, this is a very brief one because it just begs so many questions. Mine was, was an, an older woman who had apparently fallen off of the toilet. Oh no. In, uh, in the handicapped stall in, in the movie theater. Um, and, needed help and finally like once one of her family members came to help her and they helped her out you know they came and alerted us of what had happened and uh i will never forget my my boss and i going in there because we went in and looked at what had happened and there was literally poop dripping from the ceiling oh yep and my boss without missing a beat like he doesn't even look at me he's just going like panning up and down between the ceiling and the floor and he just goes what did she turn into a fountain suddenly <laughs> I mean okay we, we have to explore this for a moment <laughs> I, I've seen this enough between both the, the men's room and the women's room working at media play and again when I worked in Wegmans but thankfully I wasn't responsible for cleaning it there. um I have to question, like, do people just, like, <laughs> like, bend down, like, in a football pose and just explode? Or do they literally fish it out and throw it around the room happily, like, muscle dove, you know? I'm picturing it like South Park. Just the spray coming out. And of course, they're going, or just, like, bending over and smiling. Ah. I just I I don't <laughs> understand because again I'm 41 years old I have never had a bathroom incident that could have ac accounted for this kind of things I've seen <laughs> I'm just like and I've I've had food poisoning I've been very ill I've never once 
had something happen where I could oh, go, God. yeah, I could have feeling. No. <laughs> How does that happen? Oh, God. I'm <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, some of the bathroom stories at Media Play. Oh, my God. Like. I, I feel like they're a little too volatile for a family-friendly podcast. We're not that family-friendly. <laughs> I try to say that we are, but we're not. Um, I, yeah. I have tons of bathroom stories, but I'm going to – we'll spread it out, like spreading poop <laughs> on a wall. Because uh, we could one, probably waste two hours. Well, the one thing I will say is of cleaning the two, both the men's and, and women's room – I had far more disgusting incidents in the women's room, but the worst incidents were in the men's room. So you have volume versus uh, quality, I guess. You know, <laughs> quality. So my first job at Wegmans, like my first steady job, like I, you know, wasn't in a department where they like let me go a week later and put me somewhere else. I was a janitor, mm-hmm. and I was a janitor for years, and I have some some horror stories (laughs) but like i don't want to overshadow your stories and also it'll just go it'll meander so next week maybe i'll share some more details (laughs) oh god you have no idea (laughs) all right so let's talk about the final entry in this month's count creepy heads coffin prize pack or whatever we're calling it um we have Jug my memory, guys. Toy. <laughs> no, it's not Treasure X. The Ghostbusters, the four vintage Ghostbusters, uh, Hobo of the Shotgun. Mm-hmm. What the heck did I add last week? I I'm drawing a blank as well. Brain farting something awful. Trying to quickly consult. Oh, uh, well, the Creeps comic book. Yes. Uh, ah, yes. And this week's entry is going to be a nice cornucopia of small prizes. Stickers, pins, uh, and really cool oven mitt that, not oven mitt, a uh, pot holder that my wife put together in the cricket that is going to have Pennywise on it. And it's really, really cool. Uh, That looks awesome. Yeah, it does. She showed me some more designs that she's making. And you guys are going to be pretty shocked at some of the stuff that she's going to put together. some cool stuff from Boogeyman's Closet, Mike Alvarez, like some of his artwork, Ooh. some stuff out of my gumball machine. I'm just going to throw whatever can fit in the box, and that is going to be the final prize this week. So all you have to do is like the picture I put up on Facebook and share it, and do it. you will be entered automatically. Do it. Do it now. Do it. What, what the hell with you? I know. <laughs> the hell with you? Um, all right. Recently, a cereal came out for the Halloween season that was called Monster Mash Cereal. That is essentially all of the General Mills monster cereals. So Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry, and Yummy Mummy, and Fruit Brute. I cannot say that effing word. Fruit Brute. All of them mashed into one gigantic box of cereal. And, and I've been paper, looking for like, it everywhere. It sounds gross, but it is the most delicious thing I have ever had. I have gone through two boxes in a week. I love it to death. <laughs> it ah, just works. Goodness. 
look at Walmart. That's where I found it. So having said that, I don't know about you guys, even though I'm 40, I am a huge fan of cereal, breakfast cereal. And I have been since I was a little kid um, because they got me hooked with the free prize inside. And uh, I met somebody when I was a kid that was he was probably in his 20s or something, but he was a, a friend of the family that was a bachelor and all he ate was cereal and Arby's. And no. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, this guy's living the life. So in the back of my mind, that was always a goal I had set in my mind. Like, there's going to be a point in my life where I can have cereal for dinner Side and for note. breakfast and Side lunch. Note, he, he's also responsible for a lot of those bathroom mistakes, but gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there was crunch berries in there, you know who did it. <laughs> I remember we went to his house once and he had... I mean, it's nothing compared to what I have now, but he probably had like 20 or 30 of the Captain Crunch pack and minifigures because he ate so many boxes of cereal. And I just remember being like blown away. Like, whoa! He just didn't throw them out and they were on a windowsill. And I always thought it was funny. Um, Mike, Josh, what do you guys eat? What have you eaten? What do you like? Well, I, I'm old now, so I, I, I can't really do the sugary cereals like I used to. Um, But as a kid, my my parents were very big on only the healthy cereals. So we only had like Cheerios. We had uh, grape nuts, which to this day I cannot eat. Um, Kicks, stuff like that. Now, my parents, they would allow life. They were like, they were okay with that. But every once in a blue moon, usually because of some kind of toy, we would get stuff like Captain Crunch or tricks or stuff like that, where it was like me or my brother really wanted one of the pack in prizes. So we would get them. So but, Mike, let me stop you right there before right. I forget this. If you had a dollar for every time somebody said, Mikey likes it, <laughs> how much money would you have? I could probably rival Bezos. Just saying, um, <laughs> no, it's seriously, it, it, when I was a kid, it was constant. You do that around me. You're dead to me. See, here's the problem. Because I was and still am a fat kid, it was constant. Like, any kind of food would be pointed out. I'd be like, oh, Mikey likes it. And I was like, hey, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Yeah, I hear um, it and I'd be like, ah, f*** you. Exactly. Oh, I hated it so much. But the one anyway. thing uh, my, my mom was really cool about is, like, when Ninja Turtles cereal came out, she knew I loved the Ninja Turtles. So every once in a while, she would get me that. So anytime, especially if there was a pack in um, when the Batman movie came out and there was like the Batman tie in, we got that with the giant uh, Batman piggy bank. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, those Ninja Turtle cereal bowls. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love those. But I mean, there was there was a, quite a few of the tie in cereals that we got, but we would usually only get like one or two boxes and that was it. You know, it was like I never got it again. Um, but I did have a friend uh, growing up that I would often sleep over his house on Saturday. And um, they like his parents. I, I swear to God, I think they just went down the cereal aisle and bought like one of every box because they had a pantry that was just like you open it up. It was like the freaking Ark of the Covenant. You know, it was just <laughs> cereal everywhere. It was like, oh, my God. So we would do the mixing. You know, so we were mixing like weird creations like golden grams and tricks. Ew, that's gross. Throw it out. Get a new ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was crazy. 
But yeah, his uh, his parents just bought tons of cereal. So I, I all of my sugary cereal memories, for the most part, come from my friend Jeff's house. <laughs> Do you eat cereal now? Uh, just uh, like, and I'm boring. The plain old regular Cheerios. Not, not even the Honey Nut Cheerios, just the toasted Cheerios. Do you spice it up and put like a banana in it or anything? Um, no, nah, not really. Like every once in a while, I'll I'll put like, I'll drizzle honey over it. But, uh, yeah, no, I usually don't just because like I've had to cut back heavily on sugar and carbs in, in my later years. So I'm like, well, there goes cereal. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. yeah. Josh, what about you? Well, yeah, my, my parents were pretty, pretty lenient on cereal. So it was basically, they, they tried to avoid the super chocolatey stuff. Unless it was Count Chocula, unless it was like something around Halloween. And then it'd be like, okay, yes, you can get a box of the special Count Chocula, but just one. And then when it's gone, it's gone. We're not getting two. And uh, so, but other than that, it was a pretty wide range. Uh, some of the very regular things in my house growing up, uh, we regularly had either Life or Raisin Bran. Uh, we always, we always had like the old school shredded wheat, like the big blocks. Oh yeah. That mm. my, my dad was crazy for. Um, I could leave or take, you know, it was like eating cardboard and milk. Uh, but then we'd <laughs> usually also have like tricks or maybe fruity pebbles or, you know, something, something sweet. And, uh, Kaboom. We used to have Kaboom. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, Kaboom. I forgot about Kaboom. Um, and yeah, my, my mom was also very cool about being like, oh, Ninja Turtle cereal. Yes, we can get that. Um, and now, e- even even still, I'm, I'm a sucker for cereals. Like, in the cupboard right now, there's uh, for sure, I think, Cookie Crisp and Fruity Pebbles. Because... I'm, I'm a sucker for cereals. I'm probably going to get that uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife cereal as soon as I see it. Even though I think it's a huge missed opportunity that the marshmallows don't look like little Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they thinking there? But no, yeah, I'm 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 such a cereal junkie that the other day I was in Target and I saw that they had bags of the uh, Lucky Charms marshmallows, just the straight marshmallows. Yeah, those uh, were a mistake, man. In, like, little side bags, and I was like, uh, I kind of want those. I didn't buy them, but I considered <laughs> it. <laughs> I, uh, oh, you go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, no, I'm, I was just going to say, so, yeah, I'm a cereal junkie. I have a weird relationship with cereal in that um, I make no secret about this. I have a severe lactose intolerance. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I loved cereal. I couldn't put milk on it because I would get sick. So the thing with lactose intolerance, I could have a glass of milk and it doesn't hit you right away. And I'd be in school and all of a sudden I'm ruining bathrooms a la media play. So (laughs) if I had cereal when I was a kid, it had to be with powdered milk, which is disgusting. It's like white water or I would put orange juice in my cereal. So it made my cereal selections a little weird because you couldn't have super, super sugary fruity cereals with orange juice because it tasted really bizarre 
So I couldn't do like Lucky Charms with orange juice because the marshmallows and the orange juice, it was like this unholy union of flavors. <laughs> and the same thing with chocolate cereal. So I love chocolate cereals, but I have to eat it straight out of the box. So I would just like sit down and watch TV and take fistfuls of cereal, which is something I still do. And it's not healthy because you don't have the bowl as a measuring tool. You have your giant fists. <laughs> and that's like you can sit down and, you know, eat handful after handful. And it's probably like 10 servings of cereal. You don't realize, especially if it's like four in the morning and you're watching infomercials and you wake up and you've got like cocoa pebbles stuck in your chest hair. And you're like, not again. Ah. <laughs> which happens all the time. Um, but when I was a kid, I'd get any kind of cereal that had a good prize. Um, in particular, we'll go, actually, we'll go back to our favorite cereal prizes, but uh, yeah, any of the monster cereals, I was a big fan of Cracklin' Oat Bran. I still am, but I can't eat it because of the fiber now. So I'll eat a big ass bowl of Cracklin' Oat Bran and I got about two hours. <laughs> it shoots through me. Um, that's kashi for me if if i have kashi i i I have said before they need to just rename that colon blow yeah you are going to go very quickly kashi uh grape nuts holy (laughs) (laughs) literally destroy you uh my personal favorite cereal is wheaties Mm. um which is plain but i always put like fruit in it and i love frosted shredded wheat the the mini wheats because it's just like big chewy chunks of frosting um, but yeah, growing up, like the Ghostbusters cereal, the Mr. T cereal, the C-3PO's, mm-hmm. uh, I never really got into the, the Ninja Turtle cereal, but I remember it, the Batman cereal, because it came with that bank and it hung around for like eight years. Yep. Like, it, nobody bought it or they just kept putting it out with that really crummy piggy bank that it came with. I can uh, remember the taste of that. <laughs> it was, yeah. it's the same formula now, but it was like now all the gimmick cereals, like we have a bunch of gimmick cereals in my cabinet now, like there's Trolls and there's Jojo Siwa. It's just Lucky Charms. It's like different shaped marshmallows with like bland cereal shapes. Back then it was everything was Captain Crunch. So like Mr. T was Captain Crunch. C-3PO's was Captain Crunch. And I feel like the Batman cereal was Captain Crunch, shaped like bat symbols. Am I crazy? I don't remember it being Captain Crunch. I I remember it It being more like... See, I remembered it being more like the the Lucky Charms cereal pieces, but sugary. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yes. I, I, like, I have all these imaginary bowls of cereal in front of me right now. <laughs> you're right. Cookie Crisp was like another great one. Oh, Not a fan that. of Sugar Snaps. Because it just was very gross and orange juice. Uh, <laughs> I like Life Cereal, but I eat it resentfully. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what about cereal box prizes? You guys fans of like the wacky wall walkers? Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Uh all the like Disney afternoon cereal box pack ins were awesome. Um I loved the Captain Crunch minifigures. Like those little figures were fun. The the blue robot Captain Crunch guy. Yes. I love that figure. My that robot time, is so freaking cool. It was. My all time favorite pack in because they're worth so much money, and I had some of them, and I still do. They had Monster in My Pocket cereal box packing. Oh, that's oh right. God. I forgot about that. So people didn't really figure out what the deal was until the internet, 
but between we'll we'll do a huge monster in my pocket retrospective. There was guys you could only get in boxes of cereal that were like a series two between series one and series two. There was like one point five, or you have to renumber them one, two, and three that were specific colorways, specific guys, and specific boxes of cereal. Some of the boxes of cereal were in America. Some of the boxes of cereal were in Canada in the cereal called Shreddies. Um, and then there were also uh, free prize, like Happy Meal prizes at big boy restaurants, which. Yes, that's right. By the time those came out, there was maybe one or two left in Western New York. They were kind of on their way out already. But um, I had I just love getting like, oh, it's the same guy I had before in blue. You know, I just loved it's mm-hmm. a monster. It appealed to me, but it came in like Kashi kind of cereals. It was like an O's, which is a cereal I love. They still make, mm-hmm. which is like a gigantic Cheerio covered in like nuts and oats. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, no, I like those. Any kind of crunchy cereal I'm a big fan of, like if it lasts a long time in milk, which usually the crunchier it is, the, the more fiber you have. So <laughs> yep. today's episode has now been retitled Now with More Fiber. <laughs> yep because we're old men and that's what we talk about <laughs> a healthier person would have a cup of coffee and a slice of toast for breakfast i still have cereal i still get up in the middle of the night and eat fistfuls of cereal yeah, whatever is that. at night it's whatever is the easiest to reach is what gets eaten I, i'm not picky it's like whatever's in the front i grab that and just eat it like a wolf and there's like cereal all over the floor. It's never my fault. I never admit it. I wake up. This has happened to me 50 times where I wake up and there's cereal stuck in my beard or my chest hair or in the bed because I was just wet mouth and it's like slobbering out of me. Um, thank God for almond milk because it's opened up a whole new world of breakfast. I, I'm just picturing you like hunched over like one lone light on in the kitchen just hunched <laughs> over like Gollum <laughs> you're, just underwear you're not wrong <laughs> at all but it's usually in the dark oh, and I guess that, got that like the night vision because there's like the clock on the ovens on and my eyes have adjusted and I'm just kind of squatting like <laughs> eating cereal or I'm like sleep eating and like one eye's half open and I'm just blah, 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 like oh a zombie eating guts in a Romero movie. Dude, just... okay. It's the sleep eating thing. Yeah. I have only done that once and it messed me all up. I took z Do you remember when that first came out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I was, it was, this was my old work schedule. I used to work two 3 to 11s and two 11 to 7s every week. So I would bounce between the, and a lot of times I would get out at 7 a.m. and have to be back at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. So it's like that same day. So my sleep was all screwed up all the time. So I was always trying to find ways to fall asleep quicker and, you know, so I could just get up and go. Well, Jess bought me that z stuff and I'm like, all right, I'll use, you know, use the proper dosage and all that went to bed. Well, apparently I got up. While still asleep, went downstairs. Jess had made brownies, and there was a thing of brownies on the stove cooling. And I just grabbed a hand, like it wasn't cut yet. I just grabbed a handful out of it, started eating it, and walked back upstairs. Jess was like, What the hell was that? 
because she was awake and saw me do it. I woke up hours later with freaking brownie, like batter crumbs and crap all over my mouth, in my beard, under my fingernails. And I'm like, what the hell happened? I had no clue. So I'm like, I've never touched that stuff again. I'm like, no z Because <laughs> I freaking sleep ate and didn't know what the hell happened. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I, uh, man, <laughs> I know I'm doing it. And then I forget that I did it. <laughs> See, this was, I don't even know that I was properly conscious. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I will probably do it tonight now that that seed has been planted. <laughs> we have we bought fudge from vacation and it was a deal at this fudge store it was like buy three get three or something i got home from work today i was like i have a little nibble of fudge and i opened up the fudge you're supposed to cut it with these knives and there's adult-sized bite marks in all the fudge <laughs> <laughs> yep i am pretty sure i did that <laughs> so it's probably going to happen again tonight and I need to check my beard before I leave in the morning to make sure there's not like bits of cookies and cream fudge, chocolate peanut butter fudge all over my face before I leave. Because I will just absentmindedly not look at my face in the mirror. I'll just comb my hair, brush my teeth and leave with, you know, last night's whatever I killed and devoured. <laughs> I picture like every werewolf movie ever. <laughs> I'm the what breakfast you... werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up in the aisle at Wegmans <laughs> naked. It's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Cereal bags everywhere. <laughs> Some poor Boxes. stock boy, like, just standing there shaking, staring at me. <laughs> like you cover yourself with socks on. <laughs> Nothing else. You cover your cover your shame with a box of Fruity Pebbles and run off the <laughs> I rip little holes in the corner of the box and try to wear it like underwear and just <laughs> crab walk out. <laughs> Doing the Zoidberg. Woo, 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 woo. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. And if there's ever a reason not to buy cereal in a bag, it's because people like me, because we'll rip the bag open. It'll just end up all over the floor. So you need the box to catch the leftovers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's something I do. My wife hates me. Because I do this, I never roll the bag up. Because I eat it in the middle of the night and never think to keep the cereal fresh. <laughs> yeah. So I just close the box and put it back. And then she's like, you get still, you idiot. And it's like, huh? Because I eat it so fast, I don't even think about it. But, yeah. But I went yeah. full breakfast werewolf. <laughs> That's me, the breakfast <laughs> werewolf. Oh, my God. Speaking of cereal, let's have another word from... Our sort of friend, Debbie. <laughs> Debbie now her. Great segue. So if you guys sit back, pour some uh, powdered milk on your cereal and enjoy this little commercial. We'll be right back. Hey there, guys. It's me, Debbie Downer, back again. I'm here to tell you all about another step in how to pick up a man. So we already talked about physically picking up a man. We talked about whether or not he can ride the grocery store supermarket ride with a quarter, quarter machine out front. So, step three is how to pick up your man's is his taste in music. You gotta sing him a little song. You gotta serenade him a little bit. You gotta give him a little bit, a little bit of soul from your soul. And you gotta be like, hey baby, 
you're gonna fall from the sky for me like it's raining, man. Cause I want it to be. You gotta fall right into my lap so I can catch you just like a little biscuit. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna nibble you like a biscuit cause you already covered in mustard. And who doesn't like mustard on biscuits? Everybody likes mustard on biscuits. You shut up, Brad. I can eat mustard on biscuits anytime I want. It's my, my commercial. Fine. I can eat mustard biscuits. You shut up. Anyway, so if he can fall in your lap like a little biscuit after you sing him a little little song like like it's raining, man, or let the bodies hit the floor, mm-hmm, then you know you are on the correct road to pick up the man's Debbie Downer style. You come back next time, I'm going to tell you the final step and how to steal the deal in picking up your man's. Except, except at this point, you got to pick him up off the floor because he's going to fall so hard for you. He's going to fall on the floor and he's going to get a concussion and then he's going to have to go to the hospital and then you're going to have to remind him who you are doing these steps all over again because he got severe brain damage. But that's okay because he can still got the sex pants. Okay, bye. Let <laughs> <laughs> the bodies hit the floor? <laughs> I gotta pause for like 10 seconds I, I'm sitting here crying I'm laughing so hard I'm like I gotta pee I gotta... <laughs> I'll be right back yeah me too Josh don't <laughs> we'll be right back have I ever told you about the time that I visited the chocolate factory as a child. I wandered through the factory thinking of all my future dreams and how the chocolate represented it, the way it flowed and glistened, almost as if the way my dreams flow and glisten from me as I sleep, the way the chocolate coated parts of my body. But it disturbed me that I could not take the chocolate home in a toaster because there's nothing better than toasted almond chocolate and there's no other way to make it than putting chocolate in a toaster. So I was saddened eternally by the fact that I could not do that. Also, you can't feed chocolate to chickens as chickens are too stupid to enjoy it properly. You make me laugh so hard I pee myself, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm back Whew. so we're back guys after our brief little break here our buddy mangalore has gotten a new job he has become an independent wrestler because wrestling is really hot right now um with the return of cm punk if you're a wrestling fan so Mangalore has dusted off his wrestling boots and his neon tights, and he would like to be known as Macho Mangalore, Randy Savage, and he's here to grant my toy wish. Mangalore, oh, yeah, are you, are you I there, brother? You got a toy wish. You got to lead on the Macho Mangalore, Randy Savage. Oh yeah. So. I always thought it would be really cool if they made Battle Bones into an actual skeleton He-Man character. Let me tell you something that will 
take the belt home because that's not anything like a wrestler. I could take battle bones into the ring and I could go five rounds with it and take it down every time. It would be a lucky, 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 lucky battle bones if it survived the ring with me. So it's not going to take the belt home. And if you keep making suggestions like that, I'm going to take you into the ring and I'm going to bend you in half. You understand me? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. But, so do I have to wrestle you in a steel cage to get my wish? I don't grant wishes. I make them come true in the ring. You're going to take me on in the ring, and you're going to find out what pain really is. Oh, yeah. Can I change my wish to severe spinal compression? Ooh, that's not a wish. That's a guarantee. Oh, yeah, you're going to be so compressed in the ring that you're not even going to know that you're a living thing anymore. You're going to take the belt, and you're going to be pulling it right out of your butt. Okay, that's that's terrifying. Thank you want to know terrifying you get in the ring with me after I've eaten a handful of Slim Jims and I'm sweating pure meat. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mangler. I appreciate you coming. My skin is a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. You know what else is a tasty Slim Jim? Joshua Hibbard beef jerky. <laughs> made, made from the finest slices of Joshua Hibbard. If you guys you. want to know what I'm talking about, you need to listen to Mike's podcast because it's Boogeyman's Closet and he talked about Motel Hell. And Episode I happen to occasionally 106. I happen to occasionally mention that I'd be fine with cannibalism if it was Josh. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am I am finally cured and seasoned from the Texas heat. Yes, he is. <laughs> he tastes like Burt Beeswax deodorant, the <laughs> finest herbs and spices, and lots of curing in the Texas sun. Delish. Like if if we were if we were recording in person, it would totally be that moment from Invader Zim. I'm delicious, guys. Taste me. so we have a special surprise on the show not a surprise uh, a little change of pace i secured us a new interview for the show with a um i don't know how to wear this a colleague i guess of mike and josh's a writer from Rumorg magazine and all around horror aficionado, uh, a man with some weight behind his name, Chris Hammond. So we're going to take a brief sidestep where me and Josh are going to talk to him. I wanted to have all three of us on there, but there are some limits to Skype and they are used to zoom, but uh, we're not going to do that. So if you guys sit back, uh, zoom, 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 zoom. We are going to sidestep to this interview that, if it runs too long, I might cut this episode into two pieces, but we'll see. So sit back, enjoy us talking to kind of two other professionals who love talking about horror, pop culture toys, things like that. So you guys can just get a different perspective of what other people are into, what they're collecting. I know for a fact Chris Hammond is a big fan of indie toy lines, so 
We're going to cut to them and we will be right back. Welcome, everybody. We are talking to Chris Hammond, who is a man of note in horror circles. And what? I'm joined I'm joined by Count Creepyhead, also known as Josh Pick, <laughs> Josh Hibbard, <laughs> who runs Pikmin Vinyls. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us what you do? So basically, I, I'm the person that does the collectible side of things. Um, I've been doing that for about, I don't know, six, seven years now. For Remord Magazine? Yeah, I did it at the start. uh, Before I was in Write, I was doing it for the website, and then I got into uh, the uh, imprint. And before that, I was working for another website where I did collectibles, too. So I've done it. I mean, I've been collecting for my whole life, so. Cool. Um, And just so people know who are listening... Chris is Canadian, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yeah. So there might be some small differences in like toy stores he's been to, uh, prices on things, or you know, when we get down to the nitty gritty things he may have seen in Canada that we never had here because we just weren't that lucky. But um, but also, Chris. I grew up on the border, uh, so and you know, it was during the during the eighties, so we could basically drive over for the weekend and hit a bunch of stores with the family so yeah i did the same thing because i lived in rochester and where else are you going to go except for niagara falls it's funny because i used to go to the states to uh, go to the toy stores there (laughs) (laughs) i i think it's it's what you're growing up on and then there's things that you don't see like there's a lot of things that you have to have two french and english labels here for most part so we didn't get all the toys that you guys got. Like, I mean, we got the He-Mans and all that and, you know, the movie Maniacs. But uh, there are things that I could find in the States that we couldn't get. I mean, that makes sense, especially especially knowing the reverse side of it. Yeah. yeah. So you guys don't have Toys R Us anymore, right? No. See, we They're still all... have a Toys R Us in some capacity. Like, there's still a store, but it's more geared to uh, very young kids now. They got rid of most of the collectibles. Like, they still have the Funko Pops and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, it's more the younger kids than that. Toys R Us was kind of turning into that. And then they got eaten alive by, like, venture capitalists out here. And they all shut down. And it's sort of like a pipe dream for everybody to have, like, the border open up easily so we could just go over and go back in the Toys R Us. I always joke with my wife. We would go in there and never buy anything. We would just be like, eh, we would take it for granted. And now that it's gone, you know, we just have these like empty storefronts everywhere that we know used to be Toys R Us. And now we're stuck with Walmart and Target. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mike and I used to have a, a game we would do around uh, as soon as Toys R Us would start doing their yearly holiday reset for mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we would go in week by week and note the way the prices increased every week. That's and then, because... and we'd Sorry. point and we'd laugh and we'd be like, ah, look at this. Look at these suckers paying these prices. Let's go to Target. Well, and then, and then we'd go to Target and not be able to find anything. So joke was yeah. on us. Well, from what I see, yeah, like I see a lot of people po- posting pictures at like Walmart in the States with the shelves bare and stuff, but we have full shelves, but we don't get all the same stuff as you guys. Like, we don't, I think we just started getting the Walmart exclusive Funko Pops here. We weren't getting those either, so. We don't get them here either. 
Oh no. And I <laughs> and I it's... have been seeing that a lot of the uh, the Target exclusive uh, Masters of the Universe Origin stuff is showing up at Walmart's there now too. Yeah, because we don't have the we used to have the Target, but it didn't last here either. It's not like. You may get the idea you can walk into any Walmart or any Target and find anything that's exclusive to them, but you, you're more than likely going to have to go to 15 Walmarts to find that one exclusive Funko Pop. Um, yeah. So, like, this time of year, or coming up, they're always going to get, like, horror exclusive Funko Pops. you literally going to have to go to 10 Walmarts until you find that one you're looking for because their distribution is so horrible, or you've got a collector that comes in and cleans them out to flip them on eBay. Uh, it's a headache. So at least you kind of have that, like, they're always going to be in this one spot at Toys R Us. They're a little easier to find, or the distribution's different. Um, it stinks. I know for my job personally, I, I drive all over the Northeast. So I'm always going to, like, little rinky-dink towns with a Walmart that nobody shops in. And then I get lucky and find, uh, like, an exclusive Hellraiser Chatterer Funko Pop or take your pick. I don't know what's coming out um, for exclusives this year for Halloween, but... That's usually the case. Uh, they had like uh, the Blacklight Creeper, or not the Creeper, um, the Creepshow mascot. What's his name? Uh, uh, I'm trying to blank. The creep. The Creep, <laughs> not the Creeper. Yeah. The Creep. Uh, and for the life of me, I only found it at one Walmart out well, of I, like 45. Yeah, in, I haven't um, seen any, any, um, any chatterers, any of that stuff here yet. And I mean, they've been out for what, at least two years, right? Or at least a year. And it's just the weird distribution system. It would be in a perfect world. Every Walmart's going to get a case, but it's more, there's other factors. Like they're sitting on too much stock of like office Funko Pops or Masters of the Universe or take your pick or some weird thing that's hanging around the store or in the system, they're just not flagged to get it. And nobody knows how Walmart works because they're this big evil monolith that makes it hard for us to, to buy the toys that we like. Um, Chris, for perspective, how old are you? I am 44. Perfect. So we're all around the same age. We're kind of middle-aged men-childs. Mm-hmm. Man-childs, man-children? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be 45 soon, so... <laughs> I'm 40. Hey, listen, I'm, I am forever young, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay young. I'm going to stay collecting like I, I've uh, downsized my collection to maybe things that mean something to me now. Um, I used to collect like the thing is, I have a problem. I would collect everything like I'd be like Masters of the Universe. Oh, a, a horror action, sci fi comedy, like everything. And then I'm just like, you know, I had to cut it down because it just was I wasn't getting anywhere with my collection anyway and it wasn't very like organized at all i wish i had that willpower i was gonna say that's that's my collection right now it's just all over the place yeah i'm kind of the way now where i don't want to buy a new thing because i don't want to get hooked and start another collection which is a shame because i miss out on a lot of great stuff like there's a glut of masters universe stuff out right now and I just keep stopping myself because it's like I don't want to have another line that I have to collect. <laughs> you know, see, I'm I get suckered in so easily. I'm just like, what's this new toy? I wonder if I can suck the life out of it and stay young. I can't. I can't go. I can't cherry pick. I have. I always go all in. So if I like something, it's like, well, I'm buying everything. And yeah, I get. Sucks. I totally get that. 
especially now with exclusives and I'm still trying to kind of wean myself off of Funko. Yeah. Unfortunately, because every time I'm I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Oh, I've been doing that for years trying to get out of the Funko and then they've changed what the Funkos look like and now they're releasing more like uh a clockwork orange ones, like things that I will go out and look for. Um the problem is with I find with Funko though is they have the Funko shop, like the Funko.com, right? And they mm-hmm. have all their exclusive there. Well, it, for us in Canada to get that stuff, it's really hard. Um, I bought a Kurt Cobain Funko one off there, and I had to get somebody from the States to buy it. I shipped it to them, paid the shipping for that, and then had them ship it to me and paid the shipping. For, I mean, it didn't work. It came out to 50 plus bucks. So, I mean, by the end of it, I should have just taken a picture and looked at it, and that's about it yeah i'm sorry well you, you know, know what it it works out i save some money and i just uh i sort of forget about them anyway but their he-man ones that are exclusive are uh pretty cool uh, i gave up because they got so hard to collect their exclusives they have ones that are in, in the united states are yeah. exclusive to a company called toy tokyo that either they're way too expensive or they're way too hard to get or both and it's like, I love Masters of the Universe. I have an almost complete collection of, like, the classics. I still have all my ones from when I was a kid. But it's like, I don't love Drag Store enough to drop $50 on his Funko Pop. Or, like, take a pick, like, King Hiss, whatever. Uh, cool. And that's where I got to the point with the Masters of the Universe Funkos. It's like, I can't go all I will. Anymore. I will say, I used to live in, uh, I, I used to live in Manhattan. Uh, and I would go into Toy Tokyo pretty regularly, and it's it is an awesome store. So if anyone from Toy Tokyo happens to listen to this, we love you. Free plugs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll say this if they want us to like review their products. Yeah. I will gladly get on my knees and take whatever you're giving me. But uh, yeah, if I have to buy their stuff flat out, I think the last thing I bought from them was Brack and Zorak from Space Ghost. And I spent like over $100 on two Funko Pops. Well, I mean, the shipping is yeah. crazy and you never know what you're going to like, what you're going to get to if it's going to get destroyed or, you know, dented up. It's coming from like I find that the stuff from the States, I've gotten boxes that have just been demolished, but the stuff inside is still all right. But. You never know. You never know with that kind of stuff. When it's yep. in hand in the store, you can just go pick it up, right? And look at the box and look it over. You have to cherry pick. Yeah. Um, and and that's one of those, the things that I really, really don't like about this modern uh, pre-order culture. Is I like being able to hold something in my hand and decide whether or not I want it before I pay for it a year to two years in advance. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily want to pay having only seen a digital render or a single hand painted prototype. You know, you're mentioning that. So Chris, I don't know if you had time to listen to the show yet. We've had an ongoing rant with a company called premium DNA and they're making mad ball action figures that are kind of better versions of the ones from the eighties where the mad balls came with bodies that would launch their heads like a missile. And this company, Premium DNA, has they've just they keep announcing licenses like we have Battletoads, we have Barnyard Commandos, like all this 
stuff that we grew up with. But their first line was these Madball figures. I pre-ordered them. I went and looked through my emails last night, 22 months ago. <laughs> so I go to their website. There is no like mailing list where they say, hey, this is the update. So they had an update from a month ago that they finally got package factory samples back. And then they said, oh, these will be out by the end of the year. So it's like I prepaid for this product and it's going to take over two years to get it in hand. And I still have no idea how the quality is going to be. So See, it's like, why did I big, do this? My big problem with premium DNA, it rests entirely in the fact that it's run by the same people that ran Megalopolis Toys. And Megalopolis Toys screwed a bunch of people hard. Like, they got they got shut down, basically. I didn't well, know uh, the story. They, Tell me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know had, any of this, so. Yeah, so Megalopolis Toys was for a long time, like, the... Uh, basically another online retailer like big bad toy store entertainment earth they had like a phantom mascot or something didn't they like a generic superhero yeah yeah and yeah, even, okay, uh, yeah. even pixel dan uh had sponsorship from them for a while so he you know was plugging them because they gave him i, I i'm sure it was worth it for him but uh and then they started getting slower and slower fulfilling pre-orders and rumors had it that it was because they were, instead of purchasing the product that was, you know, paid for by this, the customer pre-order money, they were funneling the money into premium DNA. Uh. Uh, and then eventually Megalopolis got shut down because of, you can look online at the pages and pages of terrible reviews and the Better Business Bureau filings. And uh, but, the you know, the interesting thing is all of the same names for Megalopolis are the same names that are running D uh, premium DNA. So uh, apparently some point during their tenure of running Megalopolis as poorly as they did, they decided they wanted to exclusively make toys. Great. Well, I'm out $75 for an Oculus Orbis action figure. Awesome. Hopefully I get it, and hopefully I can glue it together and have it look nice. I'm being, I'm being a pessimist, but... <laughs> well, my thing is, too, with these pre-orders, what kind of uh, legal ramifications do you have for trying to get your money back, say, if the company folds uh, during the pre-order? Like, I don't know if it's something you have to click... You know those big long things that you gotta read. And I that's, don't think that's you have any exactly, recourse. Um, that's exactly part of the issue that a lot of people are running have had run into with Megalopolis when they shut down is they had open pre-orders and no way to get a refund because suddenly this company was just gone. Also, like how can you you know you can't get a hold of your credit card company and dispute a claim from something you bought two plus yeah. years ago? Exactly. Yeah, it's just right. like on um, eBay where you only have, what, like three months or so to yeah. uh, put a claim in. And if if you don't do it in that time, then you're screwed. So. so let's get into some more positive fun territory here. <laughs> this got negative really quick. <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you collecting now? You mentioned Masters Universe, Funko. I'm sure you kind of get some leeway because you have to buy things for the magazine. Um, yeah, I do, but mostly it's whatever I like. Uh, I have a lot of leeway, so, uh, 
I do a lot of uh, searching online to see what I like. And I mean, uh, it takes me some time. I do have some NECA. Um, I'm trying to think of something something I recently got. I believe it was uh, Michael Myers from... What the hell is the name of the place? It's one in the States. Uh, I might have to do a quick search. But yeah, I... I is it still... Trick or Treat Studios? Yes, yes. That's a great toy. But the thing is, I had to... Yeah, I had to get it sent through a friend to me, too. But yeah, it's uh, it looks really good. And... Uh, my main thing is if I if it looks good to me and I'm pleased with I don't buy it right away. I'll look yeah. at it, go back a few days, see if I still want it. Um, I still do have a lot of Funko, but I also have some McFarland toys and uh, like the older stuff, not newer stuff. So I'd say right now the main stuff is uh, I'm into more of the art toys right now. You know, like, it's funny you mention that because we have Josh on here. Yeah. Who can't stop I making know. things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've been going back and forth about doing some sort of exclusive for um, Count Creepyhead, which is this podcast, and Mike Alvarez's podcast, The Boogeyman's Closet. But we're not sure yet what we're doing. And Josh is kind of, Josh, you're moving into like making busts now. So you've got that awesome David Kroenberg that you just showed off um and like i've seen the other things that you've done you've been very generous with pictures on instagram you've got the crazy michael myers stuff that's coming out and i mean you just you smoke some of the devil's lettuce and you get the itch and you make something so that i mean that pretty much sums it up i i uh, not too long ago, I did. I'm going to give another plug here. I did another podcast called Toys on Tap, which is uh, a really, really fun series uh, that is interviewing. Uh, it's done by another toy maker named Yucko Toys, and he interviews designer toy makers. And he's got like he's gotten some amazing people on so far. He's gotten Sucklor Healy made, uh, Dollar Slice bootlegs, uh, Dano Brown. Like, some of the people that have just, like, insane followings. Uh, and I said on there that part of the way I decide whether or not something is worth doing, uh, if if I have the idea out of the blue, and my immediate follow-up thought is, I don't know if this is a really, really stupid idea or a really, really genius idea, but I'm going to do it anyway then I know it's probably on the right track. Now, so, do you look at, do you look at, uh, say, the response to it? Or do you, if you like it yourself, do you still just go ahead and do it? I'll, it, it depends entirely on what it is. If it's uh, something original that, like, Mike has designed and I've sculpted, yeah, then I'll go forward regardless. Uh, if it's, if it's an existing character that I absolutely do not have the license to, then, uh, and I get a lukewarm response, I'll probably put it on the back burner or try and figure out a way to jazz it up or just scrap it all together. Yeah. And I know you have tons of extra parts and uh, molds and everything that you uh, can use for different characters also. So that's a good oh thing. I got so, ma so many molds. <laughs> 
one of the fun things I like to do is plan ideas in Josh's head to see how long it takes for him to make it. So I'm sure he would have come to the conclusion like a Wilford Brimley anything is a good idea. But it's hilarious just mentioning it to Josh and then like a few weeks later having to be like, oh, yeah, look at this. This little Wilford Brimley blood test <laughs> diabetes action figure. <laughs> I, I won't lie, I have been considering doing uh, a Wilford Brimley mini bust. Please do. Like, I will buy full, anything Wilford Brimley. Full mustache, optional cowboy hat. I'm that would at, be good, yeah. For your thing minis, you made, um, you, you did like the blood test variants of the figures, and you had the Wilford Brimley, Wilford Brimley version of Blair, and you had blood test versions, and I bought two. Because I don't know why, so I have a second one that I'll I'll have as a giveaway at some point. Because oh man, that's that's a rare piece at this point. I think you made like three or four. I bought two of them. So yeah, one will be. My giveaway. thing is too that you you don't uh, you choose different things. Like you'll go from the thing and you'll go to uh, oh the void, the character from the the movie The Void, like. That like nobody else is doing that right now either. So, and then I'll randomly have that itch that's like, I'm gonna do a Muppet minifigure <laughs> with a Michael Myers head. You know that I I credit the uh, the oh god what is that Myers from Mars. I I credit that entirely to Mike. Yeah. Um. He, he did exactly what he said. He planted the idea in my head. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I think all he said, I, I don't think you even said like paint one as Bowie. I think you just said Bowie. I was. Yeah, because you made it and then I was like, you should do. I just immediately thought of like a blind box art series, like a uh, like a Dunny with just all the funny paint apps. And then I was thinking like, what would be like? It just looked like David Bowie unpainted. And I was like, boom, and just to see if you would do it. But I know you want to do, like, Kiss Makeup, Ultimate Warrior, you know, crazy stuff. So is, do it till that mold explodes, you know? And I was going to say, uh, now that I just remembered it, if Plastic Meatball didn't have the license to Psycho Goreman, I know for a fact you'd be all over that. Oh, man, absolutely. Which, I those figures cannot come fast enough. Which, is it's probably going to be another two-year wait, but... Um, Chris, I'm guessing because you're in Canada, you're well aware of Psycho Goreman and Astron and how amazing that movie was. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we got it. Uh, I think we got it around the same time as you guys there. Uh, I've already watched it. I don't know how many times, but uh, I it's something that horror fans and comedy fans uh, can really get. But I mean, I if I tried to watch that with somebody that wasn't a fan of either of those, I think it would be lost on them. It'd sort of be like uh, if I watched the Muppets, but it was like a murder mystery or something. Like it would just be so out of their range, they wouldn't even know what to make of it. Yeah, See, it would be like you like the Muppets. Let's watch Meet the Feebles. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't fly with them. It would just. They'd be thinking I'm crazy, but. Oh, see, I I enjoyed that movie so much that I, without question, recommended that my mom go buy it. 
when it was released at Walmart. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, how did that go? Oh, she loved it. Really? Oh, she uh, she loved it. But she's, I mean, she's also a parent that introduced, well, I don't know if introduce is the right word, but allowed my sister and I to watch movies like Monster Squad and watch them with us, so... And it does have that feel to it for the most part, except for some of like some of the things. But it does have that. It has that special thing that the Monster Squad and movies like that. Uh, the Burbs with me. I I always go back to the Burbs, even though it's not pure horror. But <laughs> I, I go back to it all the time. Yeah, there's that kind of. This movie's made for kids, but it's completely inappropriate. Yeah, it's a comfort the thing same from when we were younger. So, speaking of younger, let's go back in time to the 80s here, Chris. What were you into as a kid? Oh, 80s. I got to go all the way back then. Um, Get in your DeLorean. Drive it off Niagara Falls. I don't don't think I was into as many. I I was like anybody with the Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure if I was into a ton of horror, uh, collecting stuff back then for horror. But I mean, I I went to see uh, which Halloween was it? Halloween. Uh, this is dating myself. Halloween four. Would that would have been eighty? What eighty eight? Yes. I went to see that with my mom, and that always stuck out. And that's why Myers is such a. I don't know something I go back to too. Something I really enjoy is Michael Myers. I think it's because I went to see that with my mom. Um. What did I collect? What was there back then? Uh, Turtles, of yeah. course. Um, one of my favorite ones that uh, I never did get a chance to get was the uh, Kenner Alien. But that was mm-hmm. from 79. It was a, uh, I think it was about 12 inch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's 14 inches. Is it 14? Uh, I have it. And it, it's impossible to kind of... It's not impossible to find complete. You can buy reproductions of it now, like other companies have reproduced some mold. But if you want the vintage one, because toys back then they weren't collectibles; they were they were toys. Yeah. People played with them, and uh, you're gonna find teeth missing, back spines broken off, the dome on the top of the head's broken. Uh, I got one that was, you know, as good as it's gonna get for me. I'm not gonna drop, you know close to a thousand dollars to complete it but i I have it Um, oh man i just uh when see when you said teeth missing for some reason i absolutely thought you were going to say teeth marks and i oh god it gave me the most horrific flashback to one of the most ridiculously horrific but you know horrific from a collector's standpoint uh toy memories that i ever had one of my friends in college, we were we were over at his parents' house. Uh, like he he was staying there while they were out of the town. It wasn't and out of the blue, he's like, you know, if you go into the other room there, Josh, I know I know you like Star Wars toys. There's there's a bin with some of my old Star Wars toys in there. If any of them are interest to you, feel free. You know. So I go in and. Most of it's just, like, the broken shell of the Millennium Falcon, part of an AT-AT walker, mm-hmm. 
you know, all all the things you would expect to find in a, a, an old play with star, played with Star Wars toys bin. And then I see the 12-inch IG-88 peeking out of the bin. Ooh. And I pull it out, and the legs have been chewed off by a dog. Uh, yeah, I... That, I, that hurts. I've had that happen. Uh, I had a Spider-Man um, statue. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was the one from the second Spider-Man with, uh, uh, what was his name, as the uh, electricity guy? Oh, Jamie Foxx uh, is Electro. Yes, electro. Jamie Foxx. I set it up, and our, our, uh, we left our dog home. I, I don't know if you've seen my dog, but uh, it's not that big. Yeah. Um, at the time, I think it was like, maybe seven pounds new uh, two years old i think or a year old and uh came home and all that was left it was on the floor my cat must have knocked it on the floor and all that was left of jamie fox was his head a severed <laughs> head and all the spider-man was missing all his fingers um the dog ate it i couldn't find these pieces anywhere except for the head he was gone and it was just like, I just got that. And are you going to be all right? Because I don't know what that's going to do to your tiny little body. Yeah. Did you so have I to would... follow your dog around and pull bits of Spider-Man out of his butthole? It was fine. Um, I used to take that head and I would glue it on um, Christmas ornaments that were missing heads. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd put it out. <laughs> blue head, giant blue head on a tiny little body. Oh, I sent I sent Mike a great series of pictures earlier of uh, a lot of different Pikmin's heads on the uh, LeBron James body from Space Jam. Well, you're such a huge fan of Space Jam too. I don't I don't see why you wouldn't. <laughs> you have a fantasy of all these great horror characters on the Toon Squad playing basketball with LeBron James. So, you know, I don't get it. I, what's so funny? I don't see why Henrietta wouldn't. <laughs> make a basketball player. Oh or, man! You know, it, why the vol the void cultist can't slam dunk? I, I Tall have, man would be a great forward in basketball. I have such, I have such an irrational hatred for Space Jam too. I have, I've, I haven't even seen it. I don't, I don't think I want to. Just, uh, it will ruin Space Jam. The thoughts of Space Jam one for me, I think. I uh, see. I got. I I was watching it with with my partner Ruth, and we got we got to a point where we were like, "This has got to be close to the end. This has got to be close to the end. How much more can we take of this?" And we paused it to see how much was left, and there was still. It was only at the halfway point. There was still another freaking hour. Oh god! Oh god! Yeah. It was so painful. Well, we I don't. Even, we didn't even get to the damn game. Well, I would have fast-forwarded to that part, but that would have been me, because I'm not there to see LeBron James act at all. And I'm sure he can't act. Is he just I, kind of standing there reading cue cards off screen? Uh, that's what I assumed. Okay, one of one of the... <laughs> one of the worst things about it is, right off the bat, maybe five minutes into the movie, they try and play it off as a joke that he can't act by throwing in a line that's something to the extent of, I don't want to be a part of a movie where you just get some sports star that doesn't know how to act. 
no, I'm not interested. Uh, wow, how self-aware of them. Does he wink at the camera? And and it really was just like, oh, oh, that's that's how they're dressing it. I hate you. I hate you, Space Jam too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, Josh. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm so my, sorry that your your life has been ruined <laughs> by Space Jam Two, a movie that didn't need to exist in the first place. No, it's total just cash in. The movie the movie is the physical or the the manifestation of the South Park joke where uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas rape Indiana Jones on a pinball machine. Man, like that, like that's this some was, extreme hatred. This was this was basically like LeBron James and the Warner Brothers just raping the Looney Tunes and their entire library of media on a pinball machine. That's not because like it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't enough that they were just bad on the Looney Tunes. They had to include like every other piece of Warner Brothers media from pop culture just to be like, look, we have this license too, remember? Oh yeah, look, LeBron James has the sorting hat on. He's a Hufflepuff. Did they get Michael Jordan to come back? No. Yeah, he, oh, he knew better, God, I guess. They wouldn't, have the, they wouldn't have the money for animation or anything. For, if they I, I will say, the although I didn't get to it, I will applaud them for a single thing that I found out about apparently towards the end of the movie. Uh, one of the tunes says that the only way to save the game is to get Michael Jordan and they leave the basketball game to go find Michael Jordan and they come back with him and it's Michael B. Jordan. And he was just in the crowd and he's very confused as to why they're trying to pull him in. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. Okay. That's funny. That's not worth you know, watching the two-hour movie to get to, but... So you don't know if they brought R. Kelly back then to for I Believe I Can Fly or any of that stuff? <laughs> yeah, does he, like, uh, does he sing through the telephone, through the glass? <laughs> you know, does he have his hand up there so we can feel his emotion? <laughs> oh, God. Um... Okay, I'm going to get away from Space Jam because we always go to Space Jam and G.I. Joe. <laughs> um, so, Chris. And Transformers. And Transformers. Was Halloween your your gateway into kind of horror? Or is it something you're always into as a kid? You know, like you caught the monster movies on late night TV matinees, that sort of stuff? Or was that kind of the apex of your your love of the the genre? Which then, you know, obviously led to your job now and collecting and things like that. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Halloween was somewhat of a big deal for it was more so I didn't care about the candy it was the movies and just the atmosphere. Yep. But um, I'd have to say that it was just more so watching movies. Uh, I always as a kid, I was always scared to watch these movies. They give me nightmares and stuff. I would think there's witches outside my window and stuff like that, especially with the poltergeist. Uh but yeah, I'd have to say that it was uh, more so movies and just sitting upstairs while my parents, more so my mom, my my dad didn't really like uh, horror movies. So more so my mom would be down on the couch watching, say, uh, House of Wax. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be upstairs watching it from the top of the steps and her not knowing I was there. And then as she'd get up to go, you know, like commercials and stuff, I'd run back into my room, come back out and watch it. I'd, I'd be terrified, but I'd, I'd still come back to it. So that would be it would be the movies for sure. How did the collecting start? Or is this something that kind of came out of your job? This sounds like uh, like a therapist question. How does the collecting start? Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, I'm asking these questions more because this is sort of the jux of the show is that our form of therapy. Yeah. So you've got I, me, Josh and Mike Alvarez, and we all kind of bond over the fact that we grew up as kind of messed up kids in that we were a little unhinged in our love of horror movies and toys. And then we sort of somehow defied the odds and became professional adults. And I'm always trying to kind of connect to people that way in that, like, yes, I have an office job. But when I was a kid, I set my G.I. Joe's on fire to make them zombies or, yes. you know, like this is my job. I write for Rumorg magazine and when I was a kid, I taped rockets to Michelangelo. And I would tear my uh, G.I. Joe apart and switch uh, body like the torsos and stuff with other other ones. Um, I'd even take their I, I always took them apart and wanted to rebuild them as a different character. Something I saw in my eyes like. Uh, I would do that, too, with my Star Wars. Uh, it was having a parent that uh, would give me stuff like toys and stuff and know the the value of, yeah, you're going to they're going to use it. They're going to play with it. Uh, I lost all my Star Wars uh, figures in a giant uh, wood chip pile. And, oh, so sorry. Yeah, like I had them all <laughs> and I lost them all. The only one that I I actually uh, saved would have been uh, Chewbacca. And I had them up to a couple of years ago, and I have stepchildren, and I gave uh, one of them when they were, I would say, six or seven, one of them to hold while we went into a store. I just recently found out that they had left it in the store, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought it was in a, in my collection still, but no. They uh, they were like, yeah, I, I left that in that store a long time ago. So somebody must have found a nice mint Chewbacca sitting there on the shelf. I would cry if I just looked down one day and there's a Chewbacca in the street. Like, I well, can just imagine your luck. Like, do you see this? <laughs> like, anybody else is a Chewbacca right here. Oh, my God. I, I figure, you know what? I only had a couple Star Wars characters, and it wasn't like... I wouldn't have given it to her if I uh, was really worried about it. Like, you know, totally worried about it. So uh, whoever found it, I hope they're enjoying it. And how did the collecting start, really, though? That's the hard thing. Like, it starts with one figure or two, right? And then the next thing you know, you have a shelf full (laughs) or, or a room full of figures, like, and the and the thing is too back then, like the Star Wars characters weren't uh, weren't overly expensive, and you could find them. Not like today, like you can't hardly find anything now. Yeah, I think that's uh, how it started. Well, I think Josh, you never stopped, did you? No, I really didn't. 
there, man, and I, I do that terrible thing where, and, and you've even seen me do this. Origins, Masters of the Universe Origins is a perfect example of a line where I started out being like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to just rebuy toys from my childhood. And then I got one in hand. I, like, I was very specific. I was like, maybe I'll buy Skeletor and a couple of villains that I liked, but uh, I don't need them all. And then I got one in hand, and I was like, ah, I really like these. Ah, I kind of want more than I thought I did. And then within a week, it was like, I want them all and the castle and the vehicles. I want to live in Grayskull. My question is though, are they do they feel the same as when you were younger? Like do do you still get that same feeling from them or is it a different type of feeling? Uh with with the Masters of the Universe Origins, I I actually like them a little bit more than the ones I did as a kid. Yeah. Because I can actually stand these ones up and pose them. I think so I have- in, the problem with any toy that I had as a kid, I had all the free time in the world to play with it. I don't now as an adult. So, like, if I had got any He-Man character, any G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, whatever, I could devote days and days and days to gigantic toy battles and whatever I could come up with. Now I'm lucky if I can find a half an hour. Yeah, that's the same thing. I mean, now it's more so just acquiring stuff than... It is enjoying it. That's why I've sort of downsized and try to stay to the stuff I like. Like, honestly, for me, I don't collect a lot of figures anymore. Like, say if I'm reviewing them, yeah, I'll keep them around and stuff like that. But my main collection is posters, like movie posters. And I rarely ever take those out. I keep them and... um I'll take them out every once in a while to like catalog them and uh, take pictures, but I uh, I keep those away. I keep them hidden. I figure You're a pretty sizable collection. Yeah, I ha- I've been collecting since uh, 2000, I think. I mean, I used to have them as a kid, and the same thing would happen. I'd be like, I didn't put a value on them, and I would just be like, I don't need this poster, and rip it off the wall and throw it out. And now I'm like. If I only had those posters back now. So we talked about this pretty extensively two episodes ago in that we all loved posters as kids. And like we would cover every square inch of our bedroom with posters. Um, So I don't know if you had in Canada, but in the States we had Gore Zone magazine, which was from Starlog. And they came with pack-in posters. Fangoria would do pack-in posters. Um... And then as a kid, I would go to video stores, and if they had posters that they weren't using, I would get those. Um, I don't buy as many posters as I used to because I only have so much wall space. Um, I don't like keeping them and not putting them out. It seems kind of, you know, but I'm not collecting them that way. I just like them as a piece of art. Or I like to get them signed when I can at a convention. Um, What are some of your favorite pieces that you have? Um. I uh, got a uh, Thai version of Halloween, Ooh. and uh, I paid like 250 US for that back a couple years ago, but uh, I got a good deal on it. I don't know how much it's worth now. I have a Japanese uh, fog poster. Ooh, um, that's a really nice looking poster. 
yeah and that one i i never really take out like i've taken it out twice i think to look at it i don't have anything like uh the thing like i've always wanted the thing or uh raiders of the lost ark would be another one big trouble in little china Mm -hmm. um i have a lot of japanese posters and uh now you can't seem to find them anywhere like i you can you can find like uh copies of them which yeah, not the I, same, though. well i mean if you're just putting them up on the wall and stuff like that okay it's yeah. a lot cheaper to do that way but if you're like like i'm saving them as an investment for uh our girls for uh college i'm gonna end up selling them all in a couple years so i mean that was my main goal is to have something i can sell off and give them something uh in money so i mean I know what I'm going to do with them. I'm probably going to keep a couple of them, but uh, yeah, I used to work at the theater too. So I'd get them that way. I have big vinyl six foot posters. I have, uh, I used to do what you did would go to the movie uh, stores and they'd have the bins out free posters. I just Mm -hmm. go through them, pick out the ones I wanted. Usually they were not that great, but uh, there were a lot of horror ones and uh, yeah, just, eBay was the place that I went to. There was a couple of Japanese sellers on there that I could get them for 15, 20 bucks. And now they're worth a lot more than that. I got really Godzilla ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got really lucky in the early days of eBay back when not everybody would put a picture up. of What they were selling, they just have a listing. So this would be the late 90s. And I got one of the French subway posters from Dawn of the Dead. Kind of did my research where they had like version A, version B, and I have the one with um, the machete head zombie, the French nice. subway poster, um, which is huge and I love it. And um, I've been trying to use them as giveaways on the show, but nobody wants them. I have in my neighborhood, there's a woman that lives down the street from me who used to work at a video store in the 80s. And she saved everything for, for some bizarre reason. Um, so she had this she, every year she does a garage sale. And she's got bins and bins and bins of posters that she cataloged, plus any kind of giveaway that they give the video stores in the early 80s, like uh, Vestron video and stuff, too. Yeah. So yeah. like this is stuff that like you guys have covered and Horror Hound has covered extensively. Um, she had no idea what this stuff is worth and she just wanted to get rid of it. So. I just cleaned her out and people don't go to garage sales thinking that there's going to be this like crazy vintage poster collection. Um, but I got tons of really great video posters. I have like, I'm looking at it right now, a uh, demons, um, new world video poster release. It's got like the demon on it. I've got, uh, night of the demon, not Night of the demons, Night of the creeps. I got night of the creeps. Oh my God. Yeah. That's um, a good one. The reanimator video release. I got the Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, Freddy Standy. Um, the best thing I got, I ended up giving away. I, I kind of regret it. Um, so I'm friends with Nate at Horror Hound. I yeah. found the the really rare house big box VHS that's shaped like a house that lights up. Oh wow! <laughs> so I didn't know what it was, and she just kind of had it out at this garage sale. So I was more interested. She had inflatable baby brontosaurus from baby the lost legend and i was like i need this <laughs> uh 
Um, and I kind of like looked at this VHS tape that was shaped like a house, and I thought it was like this must be Anne of Green Gables or something. And I just forgot about it and walked away. And I was bragging to uh, Nate and a couple other guys, like, look at all this. I got this giant critters standee and all this great stuff. And he's like, well, if she's got this, I'll totally buy it off you. And I was like, she does. And it was never used. There was never a battery in it. And I went and bought it from her for five bucks. Oh, my God. And kind of gave it to Nate as a favor. Hoping that he would let me write for Horror Hound again, because I was sort of like in deep shit with him. He let me write before and I, I just messed things up and burn a lot of bridges, but he was still talking to me. But he was like, oh, I'll take the videotape and he, the the box. There was no actual movie in it. Um, and they never let me write again. Looking back, I wouldn't have let me either. But I found all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, and that stuff, too, that she had would probably be worth a lot more. Well, worth more than five bucks, that's for sure. Oh, I've sold lots of stuff that I bought from her uh, for quite a nice amount of money. She had... Um, the coolest stuff that I bought that I made the most money on, she had giveaways that she told me that they were giveaway trade shows in the early days from Wizard Video. So she had Wizard Video pillowcases and Wizard Video VHS tape keychains. So it was a keychain of a VHS tape. And uh, I found people that were like super into collecting the oddball giveaways from Wizard Video. And they gave me a lot of money for that. And then I had a bunch of VHS tapes that she had that I bought from her, like big box stuff. Uh, a lot of like independent stuff from the late 90s, not late 90s, late 80s, early 90s. So like Outlaw Video, uh, Sorority Babes in the, in the Dance-a-thon of Death, I just sold for a bunch of money so that I could then turn around and buy toys with it. <laughs> so yeah. like stuff that I had that I was like, I just have this like a like a crazy person. I'm not going to, like, I don't care about this movie. I could sell this, yeah, for, like, when my daughter goes to college. Or I could sell it now and get Galactus, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not the best decision in the long run, but I have a lot of junk like that that I've just picked up over the years. Um, Like, you know, the collector over here in me is, like, going, oh, what does he have? (laughs) I could go on and on and on, but I I just don't want to have a four-hour podcast. No, I know, I know. Uh, let me think you can of tell stuff. me later on if you want to. So yeah, there's Baby the Lost Legend inflatables. I bought. She has this garage sale every year. I went back and she was like, "Just take, like, whatever you want. I just need to get rid of these posters." Um, she's a little loopy too. This woman, like Alzheimer's, just kind of setting in, so she never remembers me. But she had, reven- not Revenge of the Ninja, Challenge of the Ninja, presented by Sybil Danning. So it's this weird VHS poster. With, like, Sybil Danning presents, and her hands are out, and she's in this, like, weird jazzercise outfit, and then there's Challenge of the Ninja. Like, the two things do not have any connection to each other. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there ninjas in it, too? Like, it's it's just, like... On the poster? Yeah. So, it's just, like, this ninja movie from Indonesia that they had nothing to do with, and they're like, Sybil Danning might get some people to rent it? And that's, like, I'm literally, at this point, I'm just buying things to buy things, uh... April Fool's Day, I grabbed from her um, that I'll be giving away at some point. That's I a pro- great Canadian movie, too. I remember that one. We used to watch that in uh, grade six, I believe. It's a great poster. Like the new yeah, the poster. Well, the uh, movie 
hasn't aged well. <laughs> no, but you know, if you like posters, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, she had, she didn't have this. I found this at another garage sale. I bought a, a Django poster, like Franco Nero. Yeah. Like somebody just at this estate sale had an Italian from it's it's not it's one of the sequels for Django, so it's pretty cool. But yeah, she had all kinds of just goofy stuff. She's got other like things that nobody cares about now, like Challenge of the GoBots posters and things that like I could buy, then I'd just be stuck with them for the rest of my and, life. Like some people might enjoy those. <laughs> I mean, like. I can't imagine Challenge of the GoBots posters are easy to find anymore. No, none of no poster really is. I find like even the newer stuff. Uh, if you look at a lot of the theaters that are going digital, they'll have one poster, and then all the rest of it will be digital on screen uh, posters, like images of the poster. Yeah, or lobby cards. Like who does lobby cards anymore? Yeah, I, I haven't seen any new. You know, ones. Uh, the last movie that the of recent times that I got any kind of giveaways and collectibles for was Freddy versus Jason. You know, that was like the last big event thing at theaters. And I know for my personal collection, I've got favorites of mine that I put up demons, motel hell, the Freddy versus not Freddy versus Jason, the Freddy's dead poster where they have born dies and they kind of have like his hat and his glove. That's in a pile. Uh, I've got, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I've got the Night of the Living Dead from the re-release of the 70s where it was white and red. Yeah. Um, I've never been able to afford like an original Night of the Living Dead poster. I've got the remake Night of the Living Dead. I've got a really cool Fred Rags poster that they had a screening up here of Night of the Creeps and um, Monster Squad. So they had Night of the Creeps versus Monster Squad with Fred Decker and... Um, Tom Atkins presenting it, so I got them to sign it, and that's pretty cool. That's cool, yeah. I've got a Monster Squad with the bulk of the cast uh, has signed it for me. There's a few people that just don't show up at conventions. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff, and I don't want to sit here and brag about things in my collection. Oh, Tom but, Newman. Right. The only the only one that I, I have been trying to get Stephen King to sign for years, um, I have a full-signed uh, creep show original quad poster that's awesome and i i i've reached out to stephen king his uh his website and stuff and the only he won't sign anything it, you have to go to his like book signings and you'll he'll sign a book and that's i mean that's the best i can do i can't get him to sign it unless i knew him personally but i've just been you know, aching to get him to sign it for so many years i you guess you gotta strike up a friendship you do yeah you have to make a movie with one of his properties, and then I'm sure he'd look you up. Well, it depends. He has to like the movie I make, though, too. Like, it can't be The Shining, something like that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you had your cat or your dog that ate your Spider-Man statue. I yeah. had a Night of Living Dead UK quad that my cat chewed. <sighs> and I had... You can't get mad at them either, and that's the thing. Is like <laughs> No, it's... It's it's still on display, but the corners have like cat teeth marks in it. And I had I lived in an apartment that I was in the process of moving out of, and the landlord came to take pictures of it, and he ripped all my posters off the wall. So I had a subway poster for Day of the Dead, 
that completely got destroyed. That's the picture of the Tom Savini workshop with the masks. Yeah, yeah. lined up. So I had that, and it was huge, and they ripped it off the wall. Nice. Uh, which always just breaks my heart. Have you, had, have you ever had your parents throw out a uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, stand? Uh, you know those giant standees? That they oh man. Oh. <laughs> uh. I, I still like. I'll still go to their house and look in the basement and go. It's got to be here somewhere. They don't remember throwing it out, but I remember leaving it there when I moved. And I'm like, just keep it. I'll come back. They finished their basement. Like they got their basement finished. It's it's gone. They, Is it the Stadium of Rogers sitting up? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't even want to think about it anymore. Oh man, that that hurts. <laughs> if in a perfect world, if I had like a gallery. Or a, like a, a mansion, I'd have you know like the video versions of all the posters, the theatrical versions of all the posters for the movies that I love, you know, because you've got like the video version for Day, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead are drastically yeah. different, and they're really cool looking. So it's like you know, but I only have so much wall space, and uh, like I always joke, me and Mike Alvarez are big fans of Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. When I got married, I had to get rid of all my posters that were like boob women, barbarian women. Like I had a Beastmaster yeah. poster because my wife was like, come on, can, we don't need to have this up. You don't need a bimbo with a, you know, <laughs> a machine gun. And I had to like bargain and beg and plead and she let me keep Toxic Avenger Part 2. Well, that's good. Yeah, that yeah. one out of all of them. Yeah, that would be the one you have to keep. But what, like, the thing that I don't get it, like, with the Dawn of Dead and Day of Dead, well, they're starting to do it now, but at the time, we're, they were popular enough that they could have got toys for that stuff, but it, I I never saw any back then. What, in the 80s? For Dawn of the Dead and Day yeah, of the Dead? Yeah, for Day of the Dead, especially Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead has so many different zombies in it, like, uh, that you could see as a toy, for sure. Well, oh, yeah. They made, I'm a big fan of the line, Michael Jackson's Thriller came out around that same time, and they made oh, bootleg yeah. Thriller bendies. But back then, you wouldn't make a toy line unless it could be bought by one of the big toy companies. Not big toy, like a, a retailer at the time. So like Sears, Toys R Us. And they're not going to sell anything that they thought was too scary. Yeah. I'm or for a rated R, yeah, like a rated <laughs> R movie property. I think like as you got further into the 90, or late 80s into the 90s, there was exceptions for like RoboCop. Toxic Crusaders, but mid 80s, I think they're a little more hesitant. And although I'm going to prove myself wrong because they made Rambo and Commando had toys and things like that, but they did, but they didn't do it in a way that, uh, well, even G.I. Joe was basically an army, right? So, yeah, well, something that we talk about finally in the show is we wanted these zombie toys, there were none, so we'd make our own, yeah, by setting our toys on fire. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> turning them into zombies and splashing red paint on them, putting them in the microwave, doing horrible things. So we had zombies to rip apart our toys because we love those movies. And that immediately like bled into our play pattern. Well, I remember sanding a face off on um, I think it was the Firefly to make him a uh, brother of Snake Eyes. So I remember all that type of stuff. Yeah. But I never got to the point where. Uh, like, I can't do what uh, Joshua does, where you can bring them back to life. Uh, 
I, I can't do that type of stuff. I don't uh, have the skills to uh, make a new face. I, I can see it, but I can't do it. Well, all I have to do is become friends with Josh. <laughs> and ask him to make a, a brother of uh, Snake Eyes. I mean, that's, see, that's how I met Josh, is that I wanted to make minifigures for Dawn of the Dead. And I was such a big fan of his thing stuff. I was like, how much? Like, I'm just curious. Like, what's the process? Because in my mind, I thought it was like fifteen thousand dollars. I thought it was this massive operation. I didn't realize that Josh is just like the single artist that's making him on his own. He was like, actually, it's only this much. You know, like I won't get into the nitty gritty, but it was like, holy crap, I could afford that. Yeah, and look at look at what he can look at all the stuff he can output too. He's he is his own little uh, facility. I'm I'm a machine. Yes. Well, you've told me before you don't you don't sleep much. You're like when you're sleeping, you'll wake up and do make something. Like I I absolutely will. I'll I'll have those moments where I'll like if the cat wakes me up at five a.m. and I actually get up, I'll probably sit down at my desk for a minute. It's got to be longer than a minute. I don't believe it's a minute. I mean, well, I you'll sit there until something is done. I'll I'll sit there for what I what I call a minute, which in reality is anywhere from five minutes to an hour. <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah, I mean, you send me messages two, three in the morning of just rambling something about Transformers, and you end it with, "Oh, by the way, F Space Jam." <laughs> and like, I'll do the math, and I'm like. Even in like Texas time, this is like four in the morning. What are you doing? <laughs> but you're just up. Well, I'm like the, toys. I'm the same way. I'm uh, I'm up just looking all uh, like if I can't sleep. I I uh, just got a new CPAP machine and it's not going so well because I'm not I can't sleep with it. So I'll get up and for a couple hours and search Japanese sites. Search like. And in Japanese text, I'll look around for toys that they're putting out. I'll try to uh, message some of the artists, which that sometimes is very interesting, the uh, response you get back, because not a lot of them speak English, and I shouldn't be in there without an interpreter uh, in the first place. But uh, sometimes you'll find somebody that does, and uh, it's just finding new things i think is part of the fun of collecting too i agree like i yeah. had i had such joy uh being surprised by the new line of treasure x monsters because i hadn't heard anything about it and it felt like it felt like the days of being able to walk into old school toys r us or kb toys and see a toy line you hadn't heard about or a new wave you hadn't heard about just sitting there and being like, what is this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Discovering the new things is part of the fun, I think. You know, and you mentioned all that Japanese stuff. I see just pictures from all those great Japanese collector shops mm-hmm. and I see something and I have no idea how to get it. Who makes it? All kinds of great like minifigures uh like mini bust of like there's somebody in japan that just makes heads from zombie movies yeah i have no idea who makes them how to get them there's like 300 of them it's just some local artist no idea well sometimes it's a lottery too you have to uh 
try to be one of the ones they're so popular some of that stuff that you have to get in a lottery and if you get picked i mean you pay for it but there's some some of them you can't get any other way than just being lucky in a lottery yeah i know a good handful of toy maker not personally know them but like know of a handful of toy makers like that yeah, yeah and i mean the best thing you can do is try to find some english on their site uh, look look their name up on Instagram and see if you can message them that way or see if they're following somebody that you might know and message them and see if they can talk to them too. It's all about just uh, networking, really. Or, you know what, we need to find somebody that lives in Japan. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. I, I used to have a cousin that lived there, but not long enough that I could get any toys from her. <laughs> I had yeah, yeah well, I had a mutual no friend. Then. No, no, that was the main reason I I was like, you're in Japan, all right. Like I'm going, I still want to go there someday, but I don't know if that's going to happen with COVID and everything. Sorry about that. We've ruined the world. You ruined it? No. Well, it's it's mostly Texas, Josh. It's just no. It's humans. Yeah. It was humans. And Florida. Well, okay. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Te- Texas and Florida. <laughs> Okay. Anytime I see a weird story, it's out of Florida, so. Yeah, it's, uh, I love just going on the internet and this happened in Florida. Man from Florida. You don't even have to. You look, look at the headline and you go, and you keep reading and then you see Florida and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> of course. All right, Chris, this has been awesome. Got yeah, you open up a little fun. bit. Um, anytime you want to come on. Sure. You're more than welcome. Uh, you want to plug anything for Rue Morgue? Well, just uh, the new magazine's coming out on the, the 1st of September. Uh, it's our double Halloween uh, uh, magazine. So there's that. And I usually, I've been reviewing uh, more movies and uh, music at uh, horrorpatch.com. Okay. So... There's RueMorganHorrorPatch.com. If you go to either of those, you'll find me. And you can, I'm usually on Facebook too. Uh, something I forgot to ask you before we kind of close things up. Yeah. We do a thing on the podcast where we have a, a pretend Hall of Fame where we yeah. nominate a toy to this Hall of Fame and then we let fans on the Facebook page pick the winner. And if you're a guest on the show, you get to participate. Would you like to nominate somebody and throw it up for a vote? To see if your pick can get thrown into this imaginary Hall of Fame where they get like a, a gold trophy or something. I don't know. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I've been banging my head around with this one. It's, um, I'm gonna, I don't know if you've already mentioned it yet. I know that there was a couple that would have been mentioned. Yep. It's gonna be something that means something to me. Go for something it. Something that it looks really good. Uh, the NECA 10 inch uh, Spider Gremlin. From uh, Gremlins Ooh. 2. Man, I'm going to lose now. <laughs> That's a good one. That's such a great toy. So this is I, something that happens. We'll mention it. And then you always get the reaction of everybody else. They're like, ah, oh, man, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and I missed out on this one. And I thought they were going to re-release it. And I still haven't seen it being re-released yet. So it's, it's, I, I have an affinity for the Gremlins movie, too. I, I, I don't like... Uh, gizmo as much i like the gremlins we were i was just kind of 
talking trash about the two pack that's coming out that is the construction demolition gremlins that's just re-release gremlins with some extra accessories and if i had known you a few years ago when the or the border was opened uh there's a store chain down here called fye yes and back then so let's let's go back in time about five years they would get tons and tons of NECA product that people wouldn't buy, and then it would go on clearance. And what they would do in their clearance is two or three times a year, they'd have these sales where they go like an extra 25%, an extra 50%. And if you waited long enough, an extra 75%. And for my job, I'm always going out into the middle of pick anywhere, like Arkham, Massachusetts, this imaginary place. Um, if there'd be a dead mall with like a subway a McDonald's or something, and then a, a lone FYE that's still hanging on. And they would just have piles and piles of toys that people weren't buying. And I would buy them and put them on eBay. But I got tons and tons of these spider gremlins, the gargoyle gremlin, and then like Pacific Rim toys from NECA. They just had oh, those were good too. Those, um, I really like those. But those I remember you were great. I've, I love them. The the big eighteen inch ones, which I yeah. got. The uh, my favorite was Cherno Alpha, like the big nuclear. Oh yeah, smokestack robot from Russia. I picked yeah. that up for like thirty dollars at Fye. It was on clearance. And I think I remember paying twenty two. I think for the Spider Gremlin, not to like piss in your Cheerios or anything. No, and, no, you know, no. I've had um, chances to get the Spider Gremlin a couple times over the years, but. It, you know, I've always seen it around Christmas. It's always a hundred dollars, and I'm like, I'm on a budget, so I I can't I can't I don't spend my on myself for Christmas. So I'm not you know, sure if anybody wanted to buy me it. That's a little different, but I'm not sure what the price is on it. But there's well, a <laughs> there's a local store here uh, that uh, has a bunch of the older uh, NECA Gremlin product, and I know they have two Spider Gremlins in the store. Yeah, because I'm looking at one right now. I know eBay is the worst place to look. It's uh, U.S. is three hundred and eighty-six dollars, and somebody bought three of them already. So, well, most of the, the most of the time, this store has like a two to three dollar markup on new stuff. Yeah. So I can't imagine it would be too over the top. Well, I'll scope it out the next time I'm in there. Sure. Yeah, the only other thing, too, I was just thinking, like, I got the Bat uh, Gremlin, too. The one that they put out a couple years ago with the wings and everything. Oh, yeah. That's a great um, one. There is toys, I don't know if you know about it, that Stan Winston put out. Uh, oh, yes. Probably, they the were ex- awesome. Your, the Extreme Gargoyles? Those, and there's horror ones based on these uh, movies that they released, too, at the same time. Yes. Uh, there's an Ant-Man one, not Ant-Man from Marvel, but yeah, we picked up all those for like two fifty each, like two dollars and fifty cents. My brother still has them all hanging in on his wall at uh, his house. The I'm trying to think up around us, they all kind of came out at the same time, but the a few of the movie ones just clogged the shelves, and you couldn't find. There was Realm of the Claw, which is like their Thundercats kind of toy line with the tiger yeah. people. The gargoyles, you, they just were hard to find because it was like, I'm a teenage caveman. There was thousands of those. You couldn't get anything else. And those I are remember seeing great. those in media play. Those are great toys. 
But there, are, yeah, there's so much detail to those ones. Even though the movies weren't the greatest, the toys are amazing. You know, I kind of want to revisit those movies. Well, stay I, away I remember, from the Teenage Caveman one. I mean, <laughs> if I'm a sucker for garbage movies. So, like, if I yeah. watch a full, anything Full Moon, I could sit through. It was like How to Make a Girlfriend, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, oh, God, the Teenage Caveman. There's one with the... Um, what the hell is she? She's part uh, sea serpent, sea creature. Yeah, something. Yeah. Oh like yeah. These are all based off old movies too. Like if you go back, these are remakes. Like I looked, I searched them out and found out they were remakes of older movies. There's a teenage caveman. I think that was from the fifties. I think. Yeah. So I I do see that they're supposed to be kind of cheesy in that regard but the toys are so much better than the movies but i haven't i haven't watched them in a long time either i might have to check them out again too anyway i'm I'm babbling on i mean no this is something that we do on the show uh the only reason i try to keep it short is that i have to edit and get things out in time and we also have a commercial to to do yes to uh to go for one final word from our sponsors before we close things out so everybody sit back relax and Hear a word from our special sponsor this week, Debbie Downer, as she tells you how to pick up men. Hey, guys, it's me, Debbie Downer, back from part four of how to pick up mans. So we already covered all the other steps you need to go through to pick up a man's Debbie Downer style. But you don't want to be a downer, so you want to follow step four, too. So what you want to do is you want to get yourself a good tranquilizer gun. You want to find yourself a good man. You want to hide in the bushes. You want to give him a good tranquilizer dog in the butt. And then you want to dress him up like a cute little wiener dog and put him on a leash. You, when he wakes up, he's not going to know that he's not your dog. He's just going to see see his little doggy paws and look down and be like, Oh my God, I'm a little dog that belongs to Debra Downer. And then when he's asleep later, you can take the doggy suit off and put him in your bed. And he'll wake up and all of a sudden, boom. You picked up a man, and then you can go get yourself a beefsteak. Bye. So, uh, Chris, a running gag we have on the show is that <laughs> we're so rinky-dink, we can't get sponsors. So we just go out and get our own. Yeah, that's fine. That's how uh, you got to start, right from the start, right? This week, it's Debbie Downer. We've had, oh, Ghosts in a Jar. Um... Werner Herzog, blues <laughs> singers, Herzog sex line. Yep, it's great. Wow, it's All a right. running gag in the show that we ran out of time for our final one, uh, so we had to squeeze it in to your interview. I hope you don't mind. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm so used to hearing the. I listen to a lot of po- podcasts, so I hear like Blue Chew and all this crap. So, <laughs> yeah, we're it, never gonna get Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> No, either am I, but you know what I mean. We're never going to get, like, Think Fresh that's going to come in and say, like, you guys want to get a sponsorship going? Uh, you know, because all 30 of our listeners are uh, clamoring at the bit to, you know, have fresh food mailed to them with boners. <laughs> so, everybody... Oh, we could promote Werner Herzog toilet paper. It's the only toilet paper that makes you feel both clean and an existential amount of dread at the same moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. 
Okay, everybody. Look, you're getting more. You're getting more sponsors as you go. So. <laughs> yeah. They kind of just come out of thin air. It's great. <laughs> what you should so, do with that one is you should put it with a shoe because wasn't he the one that ate the shoe too? He did. Didn't he? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. The only toilet paper good enough for your butt after you eat a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only toilet paper that won't kick your ass the same way that the shoe does on its way out. I can guarantee you it's unlike any ride you've ever taken. Uh, okay, everybody. This is Mike, Josh, Chris Hammond, find him uh, on the internet. Check out Rue Morgue and Horror Patch. And as always, our friend Warner Herzog. Thank you for listening to this interview and enjoy the tail end of the show as we wrap things up. <laughs> we will see you guys later. Thank you. See you later. And we're back. That was an amazing interview. And we have their two picks for the Toy Hall of Fame to add to our picks to the Toy Hall of Fame this week. Um, And it'll come as no shocker that nominee number nine, the Rancor Monster, ate the competition. It wasn't even close. It was the biggest landslide we have ever had. So congratulations, Rancor Monster. (laughs) You won big. You're standing on top of the. That was my. Yeah. There we go. Congratulations, Rancor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Josh, because you won, I will let you pick first, followed by Mike and then me. So, do you have a nomination for this week? You know, I do. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> had to had to think about it for a second. Um, How about we come back to? You? No, no. I'm I'm actually I'm gonna go for. Well, this isn't a monster toy by any means. Um. It's one that I used for very monstrous reasons. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the vintage Star Wars speeder bike. Okay. Because I always used it to kill someone. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the whole explosion feature. Uh, If they didn't die in the explosion, then they would get impaled by that front, uh, front beam portion of it. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, it isn't a monster. It was used for monstrous reasons. I mean, I feel like eventually we're going to run out of monsters anyway, so. Yeah, keep it fresh. Yeah. Josh, thank you for that entry. Mike, what you got? Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to go uh, in a similar fashion with a vehicle slash playset type toy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Starior's Armored Battle Station. Oh. The, uh, that was often my Cobra base before I got the Terradrome because it had the giant robotic Cobra head on it. 
that could launch off and roll away. Um, that was just really like I love the Star Wars line in general. I would love to talk about that one of these days, but the battle station, I still have it. I mean, it's in shambles, but I still have it. Um, it was one of my favorite playsets as a kid. Uh, I, I mean, I call it a playset, but it was more like a vehicle. I used it like a vehicle because uh, it did roll around. So it, uh, but it opened up and had like the cool little robotic claw that could like pick up other robot parts and fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it was a great toy and definitely great for uh, use with GI Joe. So it was my it was my Cobra vehicle. I'm gonna refresh my memory and look at pictures of the Star Wars Battle Station because I had a friend that had oh yeah the giant Cobra that thing was so cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it was scaled one of my well with GI Joe. Oh yeah, actually, absolutely. All right, I, that is such a Cobra playset that it's ridiculous. My entry is going to be a little more obvious, but I still think these guys, everybody has a chance of winning because Star Wars kind of always trumps everything. But my entry is from the Skeleton Warriors line of Aracula. They're all oh. awesome toys in this line, oh. but the Spider Skeleton Monster. Mm-hmm. That came out in the Skeleton yeah. Wars toy line that came out right around the same time as Army of Darkness from Playmates. Just killer skeletons. There were human characters. Nobody bought them. Just mm-hmm. bought the skeletons. That one was the coolest of all of them, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Baron Dark is kind of the Megatron of that yep. line. But really, the winner was Oracula, in my opinion. Agreed. I'm still sad that we never got the uh, was it Wave Two with the big dragon. Yeah, Playmates oh, yeah. kind of notorious for doing like one and done, and there was also like the new fan made ones that were Glios compatible, but they only made Baron Dark and like generic yes. skeletons. I have it. I, I have the Baron Dark and one of the skeletons. What's the scale on those? Uh, they're about four inch, like eh, closer to five inch, but they they tower over like a uh, an older GI Joe, but are just a little bit bigger than the modern era ones. But um, they're smaller than the original skeletons. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, they're really nice figures though. Like the sculpting is amazing on them. The paint apps are great. The articulation is fantastic, and you know because it's the whole Glios compatible, it's a skeleton that can fall apart. Which is really cool. I don't have the money for these right now, and I totally want to buy them all. <laughs> I have a whole set of the Skeleton Warriors minus the humans. Um, and something I found when I was completing the collection is that they all had gems in them. Those mm-hmm. were all random colors. I always thought it was like a specific character at a specific color. They're all just random. I didn't know. So, that. Oh, little like side thing. If you're a collector, you got to get every color for every guy. But, uh, yeah, that's my pick for this week. And that Oracula, that will also kind of wrap up this week's episode, which may seem short now, but we're going to have a long interview kind of stuck at the end here. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any kind of plugs that you want to drop? Josh? Uh, first off, I do. Uh, there is currently the David Cronenberg mini bust available uh, in the Pikmin's web shop. Uh, those are made to order, so there will be a uh, seven to ten business day gap between your order and your 
order being shipped so I can make it and make it fancy and fantastic. Uh, and fairly soon, uh, likely sometime this week, probably around the same time this podcast goes up, I will be releasing a blind bag series of Michael Myers mini masks with display stands. Uh, and those are uh, just under two and a half inches tall each without the display stand. Uh, and there are six different styles. You will receive one random style. Haven't decided on pricing yet. Uh, and then after that uh, will be a sometime in the near future will be a ghost face mini mask done in a similar blind pack style. Are you doing the Funko thing where one mask will be more rare than the other? No, nope. They're all okay. uh, they're all, all even one. Stevens. Yep. So one of one of each style. Oh, there's only going to be six you, total. Yeah, you're going to have a one in six chance. Oh. Uh, and then, but then each, uh, you know, I'm going to do a cup, probably a couple of different drops of them. So then each drop will have like different styles in them. That's pretty cool. So. I can. T- I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen them all, but you have got five of them are straight up legitimate Halloween. So you have the Shatner mask, the bleeding eyes, the what's the yellow haired version? Is there a name That's for the, that? That's uh, the Ben Tramer. But yeah. OK, you've got Ben Tramer, you've got Standard and you've got David Bowie, Michael <laughs> Myers with the man from Mars lightning bolt. It is super cool. Which is something I didn't know I needed until I saw it. Yep. You got a one in six chance of getting it. I know. <laughs> Best of luck. Well, you know, I, I get the feeling that that one might be a popular one. So there might have to be some sort of later exclusive release of that. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, Mike, I just listened to The House by the Cemetery on ah, my yes. way home, my long drive home from Niagara Falls today. And. It is pretty awesome. So what else is on Boogeyman's Closet? Uh, well, we Other have... Other than Bob the Thumb. <laughs> Bob the Thumb. We do and Josh have... Jerky. And Josh Jerky. <laughs> we have a, a special coming up uh, later this week. I, I, don't, I won't say anything more than that. By the time this comes out, uh, I do believe it will either be coming out that same day or possibly the day before. Um, and then... Coming up after that, we will be finishing out our month of second chances with Night of the Demons from 1988. So we're finally getting that on the show. Um, (laughs) Something I'm excited to say you'll be joining us for. I'll Um, be there and I will be making soup. My my best commentary. (laughs) Oh, not soup, not soup. Okay. It's um, it's one of those movies that I was really surprised did not make it around the first time. We had it uh, for when we were doing Halloween movies, like just movies that take place around Halloween. And it only got four votes that first time. And that kind of blew my mind because I'm like, I I get that there were some heavy hitters on that list. But really? (laughs) That I mean, I thought Night of the Demons would have done better. But this time it it got it got up there. Um, And then after that, we will be doing whodunit horror. So it'll be uh, the. The mystery slasher, mystery murderer type of horror movies. Um, obviously, Scream is getting a lot of love already. So we'll be picking those probably next week, who the winners of that that month will be. And that's quite an eclectic mix 
of movies. So I think you're going to be guaranteed to have a nice month in September. So it's going to be pretty cool. Okay, guys. Thank you for joining me for this breakfast cereal themed episode of Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. We will be back next week with more shenanigans and more hatred of Mattel and NECA and <laughs> everything else that we do. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Mike eating cereal in the middle of the night and thanking you for listening. Breakfast werewolf. <laughs> okay everybody see ya see ya followed you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count. Not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!